So. So. Um. So yeah. Um. I still. Okay, so I have two like. Uh, two premises. You know, there's a better word that I'm fucking trying to think of here about, but uh, two premises that I operate from. One, uh, there is no way that um, a team of fucking terrorist scientists uh, 20 years after outbreak could have engineered a vaccine for a fungal infection, which is not a thing, <laughs> um, and mass-produced it. Um, what are we talking about? And two... The Last of Us. I do not follow. Maybe I just wasn't fully He's, he's talking attention. about the, the fireflies. Yeah. You're saying how could they? No, I'm saying there's no way. There's no believable <laughs> way that they could have because oh, vaccines okay. for for fucking funguses or like fungal infections or diseases or what the fuck ever is not yeah. a thing. Yeah. Uh two um actually three. Well, this all that all this all rolls into um how their idea was dumb? Y- well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um if if you could have I got I got it though. I know how you can work around that. Well, Wait, hol- hold, hold on. on. Okay. I need to hear this. Okay. <laughs> um if you could have, the last thing you would have done is killed the fucking host that has the, o- has the only fucking immunity to it. Um, and there was one other fucking point that I had on, on this one. Uh, fuck. Actually, though, there were other people. They just had all died as well. Well, still, during she's like the other o- experience, she's the only other one that they found, and her immunity has lasted longer, and. They're like bigger chunks on her brain. And even if you could, what good would, if it's only like pro- preventative, what good does it fucking do when the world is already overrun with these fucking, with these fucking things? Yeah, and like because it is a fungus, since they can't remove it, that means like it is attached to her brain. So like if they were going to use it for anything, like it would still... Bodies reject things right. that come from other people. Yeah. Uh, okay. So start from there. Um, <laughs> and that's basically my, like, Joel was right. I'm not saying Joel did nothing wrong. Yeah. But Joel was – I'm morally, I morally on Joel's side in the, in the question. Both, both parties um, – Used, you know, uh, they've they've both bi- both parties violated Ellie's consent. Yeah, yeah. Um, to their own to their own ends. Mm-hmm. But if you're weighing both on the table, I think violating a a person's consent, uh, to save their life is morally better than violating their consent to kill them. Yeah. In order to kill them. Um. Yeah. So okay, so that's my Joel was. Was right, good, whatever you want to say. Not in, not without fault. Not that he, what the way he handled it in the when he saved Ellie was entirely good, but that choice, the correct one. Um, 
second premise is understandably uh, Abby does not feel the same way. However, the framing of how Abby kills Joel breaks the moral of Venn Horizon, and there's nothing in the game that can that can endear me to her. I love Lev. I love Yara. I love uh, who's the pregnant bitch? Mel. Really? Mel. Yeah. yeah. I, I like I like Mel because she. No, no, he's not asking about Mel. Oh wait, are you asking how he's endeared to Mel, or are yeah. you asking why he's not endeared? Because uh, I Abby? thought I thought Mel was I was like I admired her for the stand she took, and I admired yeah, her. Yeah, that's 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 yeah. why. Oh yeah. okay. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. I didn't I didn't find her charming at all. And How'd I didn't you feel about enjoy Owen? Her. <laughs> Owen, I thought was kind of a douchebag. Yeah. Yeah. He's fine. Like. Um. But he didn't deserve to get stabbed to death. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not, considering what he was willing to do there at the end. But I think seeing um, we we look at Ellie's. Or was like he shot? Was he shot? I haven't gotten now the second playthrough again, so I can't remember. Mm. Well, I yeah. think he was. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she stabbed him. Yeah, I think sh- he was stabbed because she sh- shot Mel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a tough moment. Um, okay, here here's my thing with Abby. Let's let's start here. Um, I don't I I like her, but I don't think that the narrative is entirely supported by thinking of her as a good person who is worth or who is n- not even about worth. Who is like in any way correct or like good i think that's one of the more complicated things that the narrative does it forces you to think of this person who you completely uh at they they intentionally force you to hate her at first and yep. then they put you you know with her as your as who you're you're piloting they put you in her perspective yeah, and i think like that this is the only series that would like be brave enough to try that and I like the idea of the protagonist of a story not having to be a good person or oh having yeah. to be right. And I think that's what we're confronting the whole time with Abby is that even though she is morally defunct, she still can be a uh, a uh, a vessel not only for doing good works, but also for a reflective uh, opportunity for people to forgive her based on her past. Well, like, I, and I agree, but... I guess it was kind of obvious to me from, and I don't know if the game is like, if it's supposed to be um, like a mystery of like, oh, who killed Joel? Obviously, we know who fucking killed Joel. Like, there's like, so like. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of like visual stuff going on that's like telegraphing it. Um, What? Did anyone actually question who killed Joel? No, I just mean like. In the opening sequence when we're just like bopping between the two perspectives or well it's just just like we see abby's face whenever like no not i don't mean like who killed joel is in like personally i mean why oh oh yeah like that part was obvious to me that it was the fucking fireflies you know that's like you could just you could just assume just assume that yeah well yeah yeah. it could so it could be any any one of the like any one of any of the people who are involved with the fireflies is right. basically yeah. the yeah. Or like Joel was a um 
the job he ran, he like made a lot of enemies before he got to Ellie. Yeah. So, but, but just he mm, has a lot of like narratively groups it would of enemi- yeah. enemies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And narratively, it's the cons- it's the consequences of his actions of the yeah. of his most yeah. thematically relevant actions coming back to him, which means that the entire time I didn't. It's not that I think that Ellie is right, or that you know, or that Ellie is like the like the morally good one in this in this scenario. I'm simply you're invested in her. I'm yeah. invested in her, and so there isn't anyone who is like overarchingly morally good. Oh, for sure. Um, Lev, though. <laughs> Lev, I can't really say anything bad about Jesse. Yeah, no. Yeah, Jesse was a Jesse a was real a good, one. Was Fucking a good boy about it, and obviously JJ, but you know. yeah. Um, baby <laughs> i love dina dino's great too yeah, yeah. um but, but but so like our tragic I'm side cast <laughs> right i am in so i'm invested in in ellie and have like bought into the into the tribalist immersion of like okay no one here is good yeah but this is the side that we're on yeah and and the game tries to be like but there's there's this other perspective, and like, it tries so hard to be like, you see it from Abby's perspective. Oh my God, look at the cute dog that that Ellie killed. I mean, the dog that tried to fucking kill me. Fuck that dog. Yeah. Uh. No. Th- yeah. That's yeah. And like, I don't think it's saying that either of those pers- like you know what I mean. It's not. It's not saying that. I the dog is like somehow in either of those inherent value spaces. I think that the yeah the the I think I mean it's it's a kick the dog parallel with a save the dog or a pet the dog yeah. at least scenario, but yeah, I'm just it n- and honestly like set piece wise, I enjoy the game more in Abby's half. Oh the the gameplay yeah yeah like she's definitely a lot more like empowered and well just I just mean like like the fucking climbing the fucking um, Ferris wheel. Not the not the Ferris wheel, the, uh, the, the sky bridge. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then like. Oh, that was yeah. Where yeah, and you're confronting her like fears about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think yeah, that's also thematically strong that Abby has a fear of heights because she like spends her entire adolescence in this very like liminal space, uh, just thinking about the people that have wronged her and her attachments to the authority in her life. Yeah. She like has to you know, make the plunge and abandon everything that she had once thought was, like, just in in order to live a, like, authentic and um, uh, moral life, or at least try to, or at least to have some, some thought beyond what she has been given as the, like, the material of her understanding. Because it seems like she just moved from thinking that her dad was God, basically, into thinking that okay, everything I do now has to be in this, like, militant service of his revenge, uh, even to the point where she had to accept all of the propaganda aligned with the previous things that her father believed in. Right. And so, yeah. It, like, ruined all of her relationships. Yeah, she, yeah. But I just never, because of the way that we're introduced to her and her actions be beyond reprehension or whatever uh i n- could never get to the point where i was invested in in abby emotionally 
And honestly, I think that could all change with a recut of the game. If we had more time at the beginning to understand Oh, yeah, and it cuts back to how she kills. Or, like, we cut off with Ellie like as she's going down the stairwell to that room. That would have been cool. Oh, yeah, cut cut to Ellie uh, just of, like, uh, just of her on the fucking... On the mission with Dina or something. Maybe not that. We need some time to, in- to introduce Dina. We could do that in flashback. But, like, where y'all been? Joel's missing. What do you mean Joel's missing? Yeah. You know, and then then weave into that. But just more time to to know Abby and her motivations and to invest in her before the game pulls that on you. Cause I thought it meant more to hate her first. Because, yeah. like, whenever I was watching Nolan play it, um, whenever we saw that she was collecting the coins, it was just like, of course she collects coins, like, just, like, making fun of her. And then you slowly do become, like, I became endeared to her. I loved Abby. I mean, <laughs> I, I did really start to appreciate her as the game started to end. I never thought of her as, like, a good person, but I, I you know, I became invested with her. And I think a lot of that is uh, the, like, experience of playing the game is kind of like giving you those narrative beats yeah. because like when you're scrounging for ammunition, like when you're doing all this stuff, it gives you time to like sort of ruminate over the whole situation. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the, the set dressing is kind of asking you to do that too. I think that's like the main point of the, uh, the setting is that it just takes this character drama and then everything that you interact with in between these, these points of, uh, human drama are just these uh, metaphysical, uh, supernatural uh, tragedies that we just get to see the remnants of for the most part when, when they're not like happening in front of your face. So I don't know. Just the, the experience of playing through that with Abby and also the fact that like I think that in life you experience the... the uh, wrongdoing of a stranger mm-hmm. and then the necessity to forgive them in that order you know like yeah. you don't get to meet a person and understand them if they are only in your life to do you harm at, at the that's beginning that's fair um i also like we we see ellie become who abby was at whenever we first meet abby because when abby we d- we do kills yeah. joel we then see Ellie start to go that entire that uh, spiral and to like find her and get revenge and then causes her to like abandon Dina have Tommy lose his eye Tommy what the fuck like what the fuck Tommy yeah Tommy was even deeper into being unable to have this understanding than than maybe even than Joel was (laughs) because it seems like like Joel had kind of resigned himself in all the flashbacks we see like, we know he's still, he like, capable of violence, but it's, like, yeah. purely in defense at that point. I think that, like, th- the stuff that happened with the Fireflies in his perspective was just, like, I think that he learned what we were supposed to have learned in the first game. And now it makes even more sense to see him as this, like, martyred figure because he kind of learned the lesson that the, the fucking narrative is trying to teach you. And, yeah, it's it's understandable to latch like i'm really glad that i pushed beyond that initial feeling of like i like when you first playing with abby like i turned i was just like i don't want to fucking play this bitch yeah you know right. what I mean? like 
I, everybody has that feeling. And I think that your ability to understand the narrative is completely tied to your willingness to like go beyond that. Even if you never really get to like, e- like even less than like up, like understanding, like even if you never even get it at all, right. you know, like I think you're, you're doing yourself a disservice by giving up there. I hated Abby's first day so much. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I guess it's day two or day three when you're introduced to Levin Yara, which... What was Abby's first day? Was it just, like, going back to the compound? I think so, yeah. Gotcha. I don't really remember um, detail-wise. I was just, why... Why am I, why am I doing this? Um, and like, I was messaging you like while while I was playing it. Yeah, it hold like on. Like, as like, am they're gonna make me fucking kill Ellie? Like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to fucking kill Ellie, dude. I, I was uh, I was that would have been too far. Yeah, I think they they knew that that couldn't happen. Well, some people stopped playing after Joel died. Like they saw it and they were like, "This is it." Also, fucking, you haven't read any of the reviews, have you? People no. are like complaining about Abby being trans. I, I've I've yeah been on the now that as ev- I'm aware of everything, I've been on the subreddit and watched like videos and stuff. I'm aware of the fucking um stupid incel arguments. Yeah, the only one I really come in contact with is like, how could she possibly be that strong? And it's like, what um, did the f- like lift a weight <laughs> like yeah. one time in your life, <laughs> not to do it like forever. I'm not saying yeah. <laughs> become a fucking bodybuilder. I'm just saying like pick a weight up in your hand and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> a person can do this. Yeah, yeah. certainly. Uh, See, I also she is like wants to smash in Joel's skull, so like of course she's strong. You're right, exactly. Yeah, she's in the flashbacks. And she becomes strong. Rambo. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, I do like that we actually get to see her like actually get stronger. Yeah, yeah. Instead of just being like immediate. So I love Joel. He's a great character. Yeah. But like you know, the first game, you you start off as as Sarah. And then she dies, and then it's like, what oh, the fuck? you were I upset th- about that. Too. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck? I th- I thought I was gonna get to be this fucking kid living through an apocalypse. That sounds yeah. way fucking cooler than just being some grizzled old fucking right. fucking man. Yeah. Like, um, and then you know, then you get Ellie, and it's like, oh, okay, I get it now. And so like, I loved the sequences where you play as Ellie in the first game. Oh, yeah. my God, yeah. Ellie is, like, w- what I love about about this Did you get franchise. to play the, the DLC yeah. for the first one? Yeah, I played Left Behind, yeah. Okay. I yeah. love that shit. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, I love Joel, but it doesn't really bother me when I got to play, play as him as for, like, one mission. Yeah. You know, because, like, cool, but I'm much more invested in in playing as as Ellie. So that that didn't bother me. Um, it was the fucking perspective swap, and then having to fight, having to fight Ellie, worried that I was gonna have to f- have to kill her, because we spent the same amount of time at this point with Abby as we had spent with Ellie in her half of the game. Yeah, you know, so it's like you could assume the game was just like 
nope, you're wrong. Ellie's actually the bad guy in this situation. And well, you're well, yeah. oh my God. Um, I mean, isn't the whole point like there is no, I guess yeah. there is a bad, but right. morality is a gray area. A- everyone antagonist. kills everyone. Yeah. yeah. Like that, no, you're wrong to see it from Ellie's perspective. And they're, you know, banking on like by this point, you're invested enough in in Abby and her relationships and how Ellie fucked those up that you'd be willing to to kill Ellie. Oh, yeah. I don't I even, don't like, see it as that because whenever, I mean, I wasn't playing the game physically or anything like that, but I was never like, I want Abby to kill Ellie. Yeah, that's that's yeah. what I mean. I don't yeah. I don't think I that, don't know if, like, that anyone it works, really felt like but that. I, up until the point that we cut to a year or so in the future and Ellie has JJ, that I'm like, and she and Dina, you just cut out of her and Dina just lying on the floor. I'm like, did, are they like, is like, I knew Ellie survived because she let her live. Is Dina okay? So I was like, what, what the fuck just happened here? Because I did not know how far the game was going to push it in that moment. And honestly, like, you know, you get through that and probably the best part of the game uh narratively to me is is the farm oh yeah because it's so fucking believable um how in spite of having everything everything she wanted or could want realistically in in this world um how how Ellie is pulled Pulled to this by her PS PTSD. Yeah, you know, like she it's constantly so sees. Tragic, yeah, so so believable. And I thought that was really well done. Um, the one thing is, and we talked about this, but I did not like the the all-out brawl at the end. The game does not spend enough time. Um, getting you like comfortable with with melee, you know, like uh, without without a weapon, you know, like you're either like stabbing someone or oh, okay. like crowbarring them or something. Um, if you're like a melee type, which I typically uh, tend tend to be, it's bullshit that a fucking lead pipe breaks at the same fucking rate as a fucking baseball bat. I just want to I just want to point that out. Yeah. Um, but, but anyway, I think the idea is they're supposed to be kind of rusty and shit, but um, fuck it. it, you're right. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, but anyway, I, the, the brawl I at the end, I kind of, I think that you're both at such a point of, um, you know, you're both like on the bridge of death basically. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the bridge of death. <laughs> not the brink, <laughs> the fucking yeah, bridge. The bridge. Uh, yeah, you're on the 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 river sticks there, and I think that suitably, whenever you are like going through the act of playing it, you're you're playing in a way that you're right, you're not accustomed to. The game hasn't given you that opportunity, right? Because yeah, it's not really a practical thing to be doing it, with the either zombies that can like bite you and turn you into zombies, or to people with guns. Yeah, people with guns. Right. You did fisticuffs. 
I, I ended up like punching yeah. some people out, but there was like a last ditch uh, effort, and I play on the harder difficulties where there's not as much ammo, and sometimes you fucking have to. God, there's not as, as much ammo on any fucking difficulty. I kind of fucking imagine the. Oh my hard god, shit. it's fucking in, insane! Like in the in the grounded mode of the uh, first game, like. <laughs> You'll go through entire chapters and find like uh, like one bullet or some shit, and like, but all the places to search are still there from the easier modes. So you're going through like a building, and right. you'll open like every fucking cupboard, yeah, and there's, there's nothing. nothing, and you're just like, <laughs> why? I was trying to give him hints as to where like areas were, and he would like find them and go in, and I remember that area being like full of shit on the easier modes. Yeah, it was bare, nothing. Yeah. which again really puts you in the fucking world of the game yeah. where like that has to be the case constantly if you're, you're in a picked like over yeah. yeah you're not gonna constantly have bullets that you right. can just constantly there shoot hasn't been mass with. production for 20 years and there's been a standing conflict right for that entire time um and you know I still have the same like Play-wise issues that I had with the with the first game, um, the aiming is not forgiving. Um, no. Even with uh, even with auto on, um, I remember what I was in like towards the end when you're like raiding the um, what are they called the fucking like the slavers at the end of the game in California. Oh, oh shit! What are they called? I don't remember. Rattlers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um. And I've gone through so many fucking times trying to fucking get through the building to um, to where Abby is supposed to supposed to be. And obviously she won't be there. She'll be down at the beach. But, you know, there's those two fucking um, infected that they have they have chained up. And I'm trying to fucking like shoot their fucking chain lock and let them free. But I get like right on the fucking chain lock and my fucking auto goes <laughs> and cuts and like jumps to one of them. I had to turn my fucking auto aim off so I could like get Crash it into it. position and fucking cut them free so they could fucking kill some people for me. Um, and I find the game claustrophobic. This game was better about it, about having like space to explore and, but it never, it never felt like, and maybe, you know, this is part of the point, but I don't necessarily enjoy this in narrative-driven games. It never felt like I wasn't um, playing the game, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, there was never any space where, because, like, you, s you hear about it in, like, the flashbacks and stuff of, like, you know, get back, we get back to Jackson, movie night tonight. But you never see those moments, you know, and that is like, I think that's like one of those little things of uh, taking the aesthetic out of it where I think that um, Rockstar does better on narrative games is you tend to see those moments if not interact with them. You know, and so they they exist more in a real space than just like, than just backstory of like, oh yeah, at one point Ellie and Joel watched uh, Jurassic Park together, you know, or like uh, their universes version version of it. There was 
um the the museum scene is the only one i think we yeah. get the, and that's probably like the best sequence in the whole franchise because i was listening to the to the last of us podcast and they were talking about like um this original concept art of ellie and joel sitting around a fire and like laughing and joel's playing guitar and like they're like comfortable and familiar with each other and, like that was this place they were always trying to get to in the first game and like the closest they got to it was um when they're just kind of vibing with um who are the the two uh black brothers oh sam, yeah sam um, and um i can't remember i can't remember right now but they're you know they're just kind of just vibing and they said like that's the closest we got to that uh feeling in the game but i think the like the museum scene is is that actually embodied where you actually like get to live in just the comfortable relationship and uh, camaraderie and rapport between ellie and joel you know without because there's because that sequence happens without any fucking um any issue doesn't it yeah like you no, go into no that of like you're going through the woods and you get there and it happens. There's a uh, is there an animal in the yeah in the museum? No, there's an animal. Isn't it a boar? Yeah, yeah, but that's not in the museum. Is that? Yeah, it's yeah. that sequence. Okay, yeah. I think that's the only thing that happens though. Yeah. And again, that's like a natural threat. You know, it's right. not like. And you don't even engage with it. It no, runs. Yeah. It runs past you. So right. like. That's like. That's really the only, on Ellie's side, um, it's like the one moment. I wish there was more more stuff like that. Honestly, with with Joel, it would probably like water it down if you had too many of those moments with Joel specifically. But um, with um, with Dina, certainly, or with um, or um. Jesse or, or anybody or just like in the like I don't know like the game we get them in flashback like uh, there's the snowball fight there's like the well that's not really a flashback but the, uh, there's the scene where Dina and Ellie kiss for the first time mm-hmm. you know we get them smoking weed in the in yeah. Tommy's fucking you know there's there's little bits but there's nothing that's like a huge like a complete set piece that is just that except for the museum scene yeah yeah and yeah, it does kind of force you to, which again, yeah, I think that you can say that that is part of the point of the game is that these people don't really get to get away from that, but it doesn't make it any more of a compelling narrative just because that is one of the like constraints of the world, right. you know. But yeah. I think there's a, a lot of points where they like they'll deviate between these competing uh areas of like honesty and uh, this kind of um, esoteric point they're trying to make about the human condition you know mm-hmm. because in the w- in the ways that like their human interactions differ from from real life is just the degree to which everyone is constantly suffering you know what i mean yeah and here it's at least somewhat well i don't even know if we can say that it's like I guess it's just it's not everybody that's that way. It's just right. the whoever's on the fucking lower end of the uh, socioeconomic spectrum. But 
Yeah. But yeah. Overall, I enjoyed it. I'm not sure which one I like more. Probably the second one. Just. Um, I think the second one's more fun to play. Yeah, so I think it's more fun. To, it's more fun to play. What did you think about the religious cult? Um. So I'm of kind of two minds about that. On one hand, fuck them, and you know, and they're like weird ass superstition. But on the other hand, um. I kind of feel like, I don't know, the game just barely gives them, in a game that that its whole structure is built on, like, everyone, basically everyone thinks they're justified and life's not that simple and and people and systems are complex. Yeah. To have this third faction that is like, oh no, but they're actually bad. They're actually like totally like irredeemably. Did you like find all their notes and stuff? Yeah, but I don't really like ever hardly read them. Oh, that like adds to the. Yeah. I think even apart from that, the stuff that Lev has to say about his like people and his family, yeah. I- even though like his his mother is like ins- insane. Uh. Lev did tr- uh, transition to male, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, sorry, I thought I was misgendering him for a second. Uh, fucking, yeah, even even with, like, all of the insanity that that breeds, I think that it's the only, it's the only culture that we've seen that is entirely built out of this new world. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that the... For that reason, it is. It sees the the current state of of being and is not influenced by anything beyond what its uh, like originator's text is. Mm-hmm. And so, for that reason, it feels like an honest uh, kind of uh, cult, like w- uh, a faction that we wouldn't really see in the modern world, except as a like splinter of another larger. Uh, like religious faction, right, yeah. And if I like do remember correctly, the um the original person that the that is worshipped wasn't like even right. She wasn't had like yeah. in a religion. Like she was dead and gone a while before it became a right. All it seems like all of the like authoritarian stuff happened after her death, and like all of the superstition and all of that shit. It seems like what they're getting at is that sure you can you can probably obviously more so than any other faction you can see them as the bad guys right i did air quotes there i don't know why i'm doing that (laughs) on the microphone but uh maybe you could hear it in my voice (laughs) (laughs) vocal air quotes uh yeah you could see them as the bad guy but they're also again such a they're literally on an island both in the uh, literal sense and the fucking figurative sense, mm-hmm. they're completely a, a, a holistic and separate ideology. They have their bird whistles. Yeah, that yeah, that shit's with. really cool. I yeah. thought that was a great because it's terrifying right. and it's like you like can kind of figure out where yeah. they're coming from and like learn what it means. Right, right. and the way they like introduce it uh, to Ellie, where you just hear the "I saw somebody" whistle and then an arrow comes and fucking. Right. Yeah, it's just intense. That whole sequence is awesome. Uh, 
yeah anyway um yeah uh based on what the originator what they project the originator to be it seems like you could say it's comparable to what uh christianity has become just in like a hyper right you know exerted sense just you could yeah that's a perversion of the the original uh theology of probably a, a like a a certain kind of genius if only for their ability to survive and and uh intellectualize their position in this this terrible reality yep i definitely think that of all the places to be why wouldn't you want to be in jackson like they definitely yeah had the right idea just this little fucking communist utopia <laughs> <laughs> in the fucking wilds right. of uh, Colorado. That's where they are, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, I keep wanting to picture them in Tennessee, but I know that they're not. <laughs> Up there up in the Smokies. <laughs> Where's Joel from? Was it where Texas. him and Tommy from Texas? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Zach, what do you think of Bill from the first game? Oh, the the cannibal. No. Oh, oh, oh. That's David. David. Okay. <laughs> <A> question mark? <laughs> yeah. Um I like I like Bill okay. Like was was Bill the gay uh, hermit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just Bill is more of a cautionary tale yeah. and a mirror for Joel than he is a character to me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so yeah, like he's only there to be sad about his partner killing himself, and right, yeah, and to remind Joel of like you need the people. the existential risks of attachment in this world. Yeah, you know, which like is literally the only thing he says the entire time you're in that town. You do get like cute conversation of Joel explaining what um, records are to Ellie, and like music stuff, and then him also explaining um she asked why this girl in one of like the billboards is so thin Mm -hmm. and he explains why and she was like that's so dumb they had food (laughs) (laughs) i do though i do love the drive away from bill's town is like one of my favorite characterization moments (laughs) with the magazine with the magazine oh my god here's another great thing that that game does Uh, uh, in that in that sequence Mm -hmm. where you're traveling away like that yeah. that first conflict you get when you arrive in the town with all the fucking uh yeah. uh what are they they're, they're fucking infected no 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 oh, the, uh, the um, they're just bandits oh yeah, yeah. those weird yeah. bandits in uh that what town but they're cannibals it doesn't yeah uh no no, well. no not not the not the cannibal ones the uh the fucking uh the i can't remember what they're fucking it's been a minute since i played the yeah. first game they're like no, but weren't they as well? Because like you just randomly go through some of their buildings, not David's section. No, completely they have a different. They have a torture room, but they don't eat them. Yeah, I remember. Th- oh, yeah. okay, yeah. Because you see bodies, and uh, yeah, I assumed like, cannibal yeah. with the bodies. Completely forgot about all the other context. No, you wouldn't just leave a body out if you were gonna eat it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> They're cannibals. They're not. <laughs> I'm they're not uh, stupid. <laughs> I'm just imagining how this is working in, in your brain as a as a cook. Like <laughs> you would just leave a body out. You know, you'd have to like 
like quarter quarter the meat and all like all yeah. the like all like the processing things you're thinking about of <laughs> <laughs> yeah. how to re- realistically cannibalize but go on anyway yeah honestly you can't really eat any of the the uh, never mind uh they say that um don't don't eat the brains is basically what i'm getting yeah at. and uh tattoos apparently taste terrible yeah, yeah which would make bit. sense yeah key skin Huh. Uh. Yeah. But <laughs> the when you pull when you pull into that town, you crash the truck. Yeah. And then there's that conflict, like coming out from the bar. Mm-hmm. I was playing on the hardest difficulty in that first game, and that is one of the only sequences that I got through the very first time I was trying to play it. And because of that, I was in such a like reactive state and like so much in my front mind. It's like the most memorable part of that first game for me. Yeah. And I think that's one of the great things that the game does is that. When it puts you in such a a dire situation where you're completely outnumbered and it's unrealistic that you should survive, um, so it it really puts you like in a uh, a adre- like an adrenal state, like a, a, a reactive space where you're more likely to enjoy and use the functions of the game to their to their highest uh, abilities. It's also really fun when you fucking like hit somebody with an arrow. When they're like running at you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I have them, arrows are my are my go to. Mm. I remember you getting really really angry at the um the school whenever you're trying to go get the the battery from the car or from the bus in the first game. Oh, with the yeah in the high school. Mm-hmm. That that's a tough fight. The fucking the one with the um. I just remember Zach texting me just really fucking Oh, was that the, was that the first pissed. one with the bloater? Is yeah, that yeah, I think, yeah, I think yeah. it's the first one. Fuck that. You like thing. it's you you have to like sprint across the parking lot to like through just a ton of fucking zombies to get onto a bus ladder, but you don't see it at first. You have to like kind of climb onto the hood. Yeah. And so you kind of like wander around getting attacked and just yeah. die several times before you find the right bus. Mm-hmm. And then when you're in the school, that's a fucking tough fight as well. I'm always able to sneak past them, and then I'll just throw a sugar bomb. They're not sneak pastable from from where I'm at because it's just that the hallways are just filled, you know. Yeah, but most of them, if you as long as you're silent, a lot of those were clickers. But even so, the ones that are like skulkers, I just I just don't remember being like. Oh, not through the whole school, just through, like, I think the first floor, I was able to get through several, like, parts of it and through classrooms without having to, like, actually Hmm. kill. And obviously, the actual ending sucks ass, but that's the point, so. If you had a choice, would you have changed it? Yeah, I would have fucking gotten in the boat and just. Sorry, I'm talking about the first one. Oh, the first one? No. No, I don't have a problem with the ending, ending of the first one. The first, the, the ending of the first one is, is perfectly logical from Joe, Joel's perspective, and is the more reasonable action to to take. Even killing everybody, which I killed more people than the game asked me to kill, in that. Yeah, you killed all the doctors, didn't you? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, for this the same reason for why he fucking kills um, Marlene. You just come after her. You know, like, that's that's the logic. Anyone left alive is a threat to Ellie. Fair enough. 
Yeah, I remember whenever you texted me and you were like, yeah, I just killed everyone. And I was like, Zach, you know you can let those nurses go. <laughs> I just, I don't know. As as invested as I get, as much as I care about Ellie, as much as I see that, yeah, it is the right thing to try to save her. It's just like, you have to also accept that. I like. She feels like her purpose in life was taken from her without any consideration. Yeah, even even beyond that, like, because I think you can move past, like we talked about earlier, you can move past consent when you have, like, actual reason to believe that they will die. Yeah, if they're gonna take I'm talking about, like, action. from Ellie's perspective. Yeah. And then, too, I think he shouldn't have lied to her about it. Especially not I'm resolved. really she glad. What? Do you remember how she found out? She found, she went back um, and found a recording oh, mm-hmm. yeah. of them talking about yeah. her being the only the only one and everything and oh then yeah. she confronted Joel about it which I'm really glad that because you see that in flashback so I was like does she know what happened yeah, yeah. I'm really glad that the that the game uh, that she that she knew because that was like I was kind of worried they would get that the game was leading up to her confronting Abby and then finding out that would have been weird. That would have been really weird, yeah. We also wouldn't have gotten the moment, and I really liked this one, whenever uh, Ellie's like, it was me, I'm the one. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, like, the... Because we knew that, that Dina wasn't there because she said she wouldn't she wouldn't be there. You know, we, at we the knew farm? Yeah, at the farm. Uh, and, and so, like, Ellie just, Ellie and Abby both just going off into the, into the mist, Abby with a little bit more, more hope and, and chance of finding something on fucking, um, Catalina or what, or what the fuck ever, um, or like finding the, the fireflies and Ellie off to who knows where. Jackson. Uh, I don't I don't know if she I thought it was like canonically confirmed she went back to Jackson. No, I mean like instead of the fight happening, if oh. she had just gotten in that other boat and just sailed off to off of the fucking uh west west coast into the Pacific to who knows where, probably would have died out at sea. But I felt like going back to the farm and fucking picking up the guitar and not having her fucking fingers and just like that last piece of connection she had to Joel being gone after like like she summoned what little like life uh, like and like of his memory hadn't been tainted by revenge to stop her from killing Abby. Uh, I was just twisting the knife in. Like the point was already the point yeah. was already yeah. made. Ellie is has gone to the point where she has sacrificed her humanity for revenge. She's going to be alone. What happens to her now? Right. Yeah. The whole fight and then the aftermath of it just kind of twists the knife. Yeah. In. So I would have just I would have just ended it there. I, I think twisting know. the knife was like good, like a good part of the story. Cause it hurts, and it's yeah, like it's I mean, gonna I like fucking I hurt. Don't enj- I don't enjoy fucking. It's like just like it's rubbing salt in the wound, and that's like what the whole yeah. thing is about. 
there's a lot. I think actually that's a pretty fair criticism of both games is yeah. that there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that like um, sad porn sort of stuff, yeah. you know. And I don't think that necessarily gets in the way of telling a good story, but I think that you can say that it there's a layer of like exploitation and stuff that they use to um, get you invested in the characters. And right. you know that's fine. It's a tragedy. Yeah, you show me someone sad, and I'm gonna start crying. Right, I do like the imagery of her like going back to the guitar and just kind of sucking because uh, she doesn't have fucking fingers. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> did you like the guitar playing? I I liked that mechanic a whole yeah. lot. I had a ton I wish of fun. There was more of it. Yeah. Yeah. Were you like three times, and one of them's fucked up? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, uh, I do like the fact that you can like go into a specific mission. Uh, in like a like a time trial kind of thing, mm-hmm. and just play like certain portions of the game, but um, uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I wasn't like taken uh, out of it, and actually, I was at a, at a point where I was just like, yeah, fuck me up, and like really, <laughs> <laughs> really, really get at me with this one. Played um, it in a single day. Took me two. Single day. Sorry, that's not right. How long not is at that? All. Yeah. What? I, I no, we did do it like entirely for like on Easter or something. We played a lot of it. Yeah. Like at a time, but it was over the course of maybe like five days. I really? Think. Yeah. So I played all of Ellie's in one day and then went to bed pissed because <laughs> it was like day day one Seattle. Like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> And then I did all of Abby's the next day, and I think I did the final sequence, like the first half of the next day. So it took me like two and a half days to play through everything. I think but I we did nothing else really all day. I think we found out Dina was pregnant the first day. Yeah, probably. I think the... Um, going back to the ending, I think that you could pretty much assume if Ellie's going to survive, she kind of has to do what you wanted her to do. Just like go somewhere you know yeah just like try to build a new life because otherwise she's just going to be like a ghost of herself walking through her own memories and having you know post-traumatic stress i don't know if her being around tommy is really the best idea it's definitely not tommy (laughs) is tommy is a ghost (laughs) yeah tommy's lost it yeah um but like the the claustrophobia of the game is a big part of why I played through such big chunks because there's really no point to jump off. You know, like yeah. you, it just, everything flows into each other. You're like, you're not walking from like mission to mission or whatever. Everything is, is gameplay. So it's hard to find a place to be like, okay, here's where I'm stopping for the day. So you go through like whole long, long sequences but which couldn't work in a game any longer than this i don't think like i think this game is like or these both of these games are like the perfect length for like just full immersion for a couple of days and then that's that's, that's it yeah that's the story they definitely could have cut like an hour or so of gameplay out of both of them but because of like how much they have to charge for the games right it has to like be a certain length. Yeah. 
here if you want. Oh, thank you. I'll go get, I'll go get you a cold one. <laughs> I'll, I'll drink that one. I actually didn't even know it was there, if I'm being honest. I never he looked he over he there. He announced it. Huh? He announced it. I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> Did he announce it right as he was, like, starting another conversation? No, he just set him on the table and said, you can guys can have a beer if you oh, want. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I keep, like, almost hitting my ankle with this. I'm thinking I'm going to cut my cut my fist. You know who I really appreciated? And I can't even remember her name now. But uh, Tommy's Tommy's wife lady. Oh, for some reason I'm thinking her name's like Anna or something. Is it? Do you remember what it is, Zach? Uh, Tommy's wife, lady. Um, Maria. Maria. Yeah. She uh. They ended up getting uh, separated. Yeah. Why w- wouldn't you separate from Tommy? I fucking would. <laughs> <laughs> Especially after all that shit. Oh, for sure. Oh, and she like he even said she said if I, if I went off it'd be done. So he forced Ellie to go. Was she pregnant in the second game? Maria? I don't think so. No. Okay. Um, but yeah, like, overall good. W- not my favorite game to play. The um, the, na- the narrative is, is strong enough to, to look past that. Um, I'm uh, uh, ostensibly... Excited for the I don't know if they're excited, but looking forward to the HBO adaptation. I I honestly don't really care about that too much. It's just like bringing that story into that medium just feels like it's gonna be like any of the other things that is in that medium. Possibly, but I feel like that's I feel like that story was made for that medium. Like I feel like that story. I don't know. I really like the idea. And of they've like also already said they're not following like. They're in the same world as the show, but they're not recreating the video game like scene for scene or anything like that. Yeah, well, I, I would hope that they wouldn't do that because it's like, what's the point at that exactly at that level? That was like a big fear, though. But I don't know. I think I think it is served by having to fight through the worlds of of the the Last of Us, like as a as a player, because like they're they're trying to. They don't get the opportunity to with like the style of game that it is to have those immersive things but it feels like a lot of the time that you are playing you're just sort of like playing through a giant visual metaphor for the dramatic tension of the of the world that you're in yeah Yeah. but yeah i I get it it's very cinematic and like i think i would be saying this exact same thing about like the act of watching the show as opposed to playing it as a game if i had interacted with it that way first right so they're also got a lot of the same, um, some of them the same voice actors are going to be like the actors in the show. Oh, really? Because everything I've yeah. seen was like completely new people. Well, uh, like uh, the main characters oh, like yeah. aren't like yeah. Joel is Pedro Pascal. Um, right. Ellie is that girl from Game of Thrones whose name I'm blanking on. Yeah, I can't remember either. Um, but Marlene is Marlene. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's um, right. She was cool too. Yeah. Yeah, she was a good character. See, like, and I there's think there's like f- other fireflies and other people from Jackson that are w- word. Yeah. I think The Last of Us like is one of the only games that you could 
make a faithful adaptation to because in my experience it's kind of unique in like it does not give a fuck what you want to do yeah you know like yeah you, you are you don't you don't like fucking like smashing someone's head in as they're begging for their life too fucking bad it's not about you Ellie would do that in this situation, so you are going to do that in this situation. Yeah. You know, like, you are, you're playing a, it's really acting more than it is, yeah. like, playing a, playing a character, like, it's or, a like, gaming. Like, you are this role. This, this is, like, this is what this character would do in this situation. And there isn't as much, like, um, of that, like, free will mechanic that has always existed in video games of even the simplest thing of what direction do you run to jump on a platform you know like that ability to make decisions in a game and each and each person's like interaction with a mm. game being unique to them which makes it hard to adapt things to television or any other medium because everyone has a different experience of Revan or Arthur or you know, or whoever. Yeah. But we all have. Those are specifically though, uh, role playing games. What? I think the like the uh, the act of like being stuck on a on rails is something that I think a majority of the video games that we like that exist are is is the thing they have to do by necessity. Like yeah, there's and, some and maybe it's and maybe it's changing in a more modern context. Oh yeah, it's definitely different now. I don't see that as much in a c- connected with strong narrative in games. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, there are things that are like so. Like, I think the first games that were really praised for their narrative were like point-and-click adventure games. Yeah, and that was because the they were entirely dedicated to. The C- act of like c- cinematic narrative. I should be specific. Like games like Last of Us or or Red Dead or whatever oh, yeah. games that could adapt to another to another medium have enough story potential to yeah. exist in a narrative driven space as opposed to an interactive driven space. Um, what? Do you like walking simulators if they have a good narrative? I mean. I can't think of any that I've really played, so maybe. I there there's one that we really like, uh, Edith Finch. I think oh we've talked about it before. Yeah, I was thinking of the um, ocean one. Oh, uh, the EA game, yeah. Sea of Solitude. Sea of Solitude. That one's kind of a platformer, also. That is true. You do get to interact with it, but like it's the puzzles, and then there's mm-hmm. a little bit of like a combat aspect. So, um, so yeah, we can go on on that, but time. Yeah. So, um, you guys, what was the last episode of What If that you guys watched? Was it the Thor's birthday yes. party one? Okay. Yes. Um, Did another one just come out? Uh, another one came out uh, Wednesday. Wednesday. Oh, okay. Shit. But it's, <laughs> there's two more and it's two part finale it seems like so we'll cover both of those okay next week um i have not felt alive since wednesday 
Um, so yeah, how do you feel about this episode? <laughs> I thought this was probably the dumbest and least consequential of any of them until the very last scene. <laughs> but yeah, I was uh, gonna say that's funny, but yeah, the la- yeah I would agree. What was the it's last also scene? my favorite episode. Yeah, it's so much fun. Yeah, it's a fucking blast. Oh, uh, Ultron. Yeah. Gotcha. I had to ask what was going on because I've never seen Age of Ultron. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Loki just like being happy. Yeah. Like thriving, living his best dumb college boy life. Yeah, there's a lot of just like good character beats. I think um, oh, what's her name? Fucking uh, Natalie Portman's friend in uh. Oh um. Fuck. What is her name? I don't know. A lot of her. The um girl from. From one. Two broke girls. Yeah. Yeah. Two, yeah. yeah. Uh, Kat Dennings, but what's her fucking name? Yeah, yes. yeah. I thought her her character um, brought a lot of levity. I mean, it was just like, it's just, this one was very served by the level of voice acting it had, and it just was cute and fun the whole time. And Howard the Duck? Yeah. Darcy. <laughs> Darcy. Darcy. Yeah. Darcy the Lewis. Duck. Yeah, Darcy the Duck. <laughs> Mrs. the Duck. Mrs. the Duck. Yeah. This one seemed like it was the most willing to just, like, fucking hands off the wheel, just hit the gas, like, mm-hmm. do do the thing, have, have it be have it be fun the whole time. Until, like, the very end. Yeah. Yeah, I would say... We have consequences in every episode, and I don't like it. Um, and this is, this is the last, like, one... On its own, the last two like tie everything in together. How are they going to tie them in together? But with having seen like all of them, I think my this one and the Doctor Strange are the most standout to me. Like Doctor Strange tells a really good story from start to finish in a tight twenty-two, and this one was just fun. Yeah, in a like. In a way that, like, are all Marvel movies, to a tiring degree, have that, like, style and the sense of humor yeah, about the, them? Yeah, the soy dialogue. The right. Kind of, yeah. But, like, Ragnarok and Guardians are actually fun movies. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, and it, it felt like, it felt like that. Like, it was, you're just on, you're just on for a, a ride. What is soy dialogue? <laughs> I mean, it just it means stuff that has really no venom to it or any kind of like. Uh, it's like focus tested quippy. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, better luck next time. That kind of shit. You know, just like tired phrases that are just sort of yeah. You know what I mean? I'm glad he's on our side. <laughs> that kind of <laughs> shit. Right. Yeah. Or like that girl boss kind of stuff, uh, like <laughs> the scene in Infinity War, where it's just like the whole culmination of like all of what was supposed to be like. Maybe it wasn't Infinity War, Endgame, when uh, like <laughs> the only thing that like the women in 
the whole like series get to do is stand triumphantly right next to each other and get their own musical beat right for like yeah and just sassy walk yeah exactly <laughs> uh better luck next time thanos <laughs> make way for the girl bosses <laughs> but just the nebula's gonna get you just the fact that like the the conflict of the episode was um Thor having to clean up an fucking global wide party yeah. before his mom caught him was just such a fun a fun thing that you could really only only do with with Thor. Like yeah. He's the only one who has those kind of like um familial bonds. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I also like how once he like got everyone together and was like, My mom's coming, everyone was like, Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. At that first you at first you think they're all gonna abandon him, but then he finally <laughs> drops the fucking A bomb of Prey is coming. Yeah. Cause it it won't end well if the mom's upset. Right. God. His hammer when he like <laughs> retrieves it mm-hmm. is all just covered in like Mardi Gras beads <laughs> the, and, the and a bra and shit. That didn't get cleaned. Right. And the one thing that Thor always has. I also liked how fucking uh weirdly sex positive this, this episode was because usually they're kinda bloodless and like mm-hmm. they're not very human. But like obviously fucking uh, Natalie Portman, Doctor Natalie Portman, and uh, <laughs> and Thor were fucking. Yeah. Right. And like, it's and it's Rocket seen. Rocket Raccoon yeah. was just in the sink. It was. You know what it reminded me of? The fucking scene from uh, from Walk Hard. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Where that dude's just walking around with his dick out. Yeah. yeah. Uh. He's just talking to his dad on the phone, and yeah. Now, I never even thought about this until Visions came out, but I really wish that they just dropped these all at once. I think that's a lot stronger of a play to make with an anthology series. Because, like, even when in a show that doesn't have, like, a narrative hook to it or, like, you know, that doesn't take the cheap way out of, like, of a cliffhanger every week or something you're still hopefully invested enough in the characters and, like, the story and everything to come back from week to week to, you know, for a for any kind of narrative or episodic show. But something an- anthological like this, it's like every single week, I wouldn't really care about what if until it happened just of like, oh cool there's a new thing a new thing to watch but there's not the anticipation that i have of like loki or wandavision or like watching titans now not even really good enough to warrant anticipation um or any kind of show like any kind of show like that i wish that that they had just dropped them all at once cuz Having like, because having the full package with with visions 
um, like, gives you the option to, like, it's like, these are all happening in different universes anyway, so it doesn't matter, like, what order you watch them in until the, until the end. There's no, there's no connection to them, but, but anyway, um, yeah, I, but I've enjoyed this more than I expect to enjoy Hawkeye. So is he getting the movie or a series? Series. Ugh. Yeah. Is What If gonna get a season two? I'm not sure, because I'm not sure how. Like, I'm not sure how it ties in to like what's happening or what's going to happen in the m- in the movies and like how they're going to weave all of that. Like gotcha. Loki's getting a season two, but obviously it's not going to be a direct continuation of Loki. It's going to be a direct continuation of Loki, Multiverse of Madness, Quantumania, and all the things that have happened between now and 20,000, 20, whatever fucking year that move fucking season comes out. Hopefully um, Mobius gets a jet ski. Yes. That is... That's, and that's the entire reason why it's, why it's getting, getting made, is to get Mobius a jet, jet ski. Um... They should have picked a specific brand of jet ski because if he was looking at them in magazines, he would probably have like shopped out a favorite right. and it would give them a uh, promotional opportunity. Right. That is a good point. It'd also be funnier when he was just saying it. Like <laughs> if he was just like like kind of winking, not at the, at the camera, fucking like tide pool jet. I don't even know if that's in the fucking company. Yeah, a tide pool. Yeah. yeah. Yamaha, they make jet skis. Yeah, yeah. Ya- Yamaha jet skis. <laughs> <laughs> the tide to go jet ski. Can <laughs> 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 you just imagine just out there just on your Yamaha jet ski? Yeah, and Lo- Loki's yeah. like, what is that? And then he's just like, it's a jet ski. And Loki's like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> um. So what y'all think of Visions? Or at least what you've seen of it. So uh, first four episodes, I definitely thought the second one was the weakest of them. Just that was my just first, like yeah. yeah. But uh, that was the chibi one, right? Yeah, yeah. with the band. Yeah. yeah. Which I love that concept. That's f- I w- that like. Is really fun. I would love to see a series like that was just like about a space band. Yeah. It doesn't have to be Star Wars, but I mean, it could be anything. I also didn't know that this was Star Wars until it was pulled up. I know you've probably told it to me. But yeah. it like it got on no. the screen and I was like, I didn't realize it was Star Wars. We're not watching Marvel. <laughs> yeah, I thought Visions was like a series of oh. Visions, yeah. Visions. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's clever. <laughs> 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 we were both on the same page though. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, that first one, I th- uh, first episode, it's that basically a like an Akira Kurosawa yeah. short film, you know. Um, just, just really, it's Yojimbo in a way, like if Yojimbo didn't actually have to like play sides against one another, right? him just defending a town. So it's like seven samurai mixed with Yojimbo, I guess, because it's around one dude. Yeah. I love the, I love (laughs) the, (laughs) getting through the expector. Yeah. I really love the first episode. Um, yeah. And it's like tone and aesthetic. The second, like the second one, was fun. Yeah. Out of all of them, though, and I won't spoil anything about the last 
five, but um, it felt the most like hmm, how to there's like especially like uh your like Saturday morning anime. There's a lot of like of like your Dragon Balls and a lot of shonen really that yeah. is like just your standard uh western superhero tropes filtered through a Japanese lens but they don't have any like real like Japanese culture to yeah. them yeah and i was I like picking kind out of the, which the statue at the end was kind of a uh like a japanese yeah. ritual uh statue yeah but i mean like like things like in the first episode of like the 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 tea boiling as a, yeah, as a yeah. timer and everything and just like little subtle things like that that like very cool yeah that kind of like redirect the like the lens we see Star Wars through through a certain into a certain culture uh, I feel like the second episode had the least things that I like took away from it and then like and that like resonated on any kind of yeah any kind of level. Um, it didn't need to be Boba, also. Right. It was just, yeah, it was just a little pandery. I'm sure that's what some of these episodes are. All of the episodes are. Yeah. Yeah. Know. It didn't need to be Jabba. Not all. It that's probably the most yeah. most of it. Like that's I think the only one that I remember having any familiar characters yeah. in. Gotcha. Yeah. I uh, really loved guessing, um, or just pointing out which art style it reminded me of, like yeah. uh, four, like the bride. Pokemon. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, I can see it. Yeah. Three, Howl's Moving Castle. Huh. The uh, the boy twin looks um, really, really close to Howl. That also looks like the um, reimagining of the Voltron series. Mm-hmm. It also kind of looks like um, fucking uh, Kill la Kill. And yeah. Well, that makes sense because Trigger did it. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. It says at the beginning of the episode who... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, triggered that one and they did one uh in the in the second half. Yeah, the third one was really fun and that's like that's really what I love about this series um cuz I came into it honestly not having like high uh expectations for it. I was like it's non-canonical. It's it's anthological. It might be. It might be fun. You good? I lost my phone. <laughs> uh, it's not. It's not important right now. Okay. I just thought like maybe it was stuffed underneath me. Fair enough. That's a good guess. Um, but. But the fact that. It. It does exist in this non-canonical space means that and it's filtered through a specific like cultural lens uh means that it can play around with like the like underlying themes and like subtext without having to stick to like rigid rules of canon and lore which puts it in like a higher echelon of like i don't know if i should compare it to the bible or looney tunes (laughs) because <laughs> both, because like, is like, 
There's the a sliding scale for everything. Well, I mean, it's like the Bible is full of contradictions because it's not trying to tell a cohesive narrative. Each, It's using the same kind of like cultural values and uh, and like the the Jewish perspective to uh, to frame certain s- certain moral dilemmas and situations, you know, and it doesn't matter if they contradict with each other because we're seeing different different contradictory situations from different perspectives, but it's all filtered through the a deeper level of of connectivity. And then, like on the other side of it, is is like, is Space Jam and Looney Tunes back in action canon to each other? What is it? What does it matter? You know, what is like the canon arc of Bugs Bunny? Bugs Bunny is an archetype. Yeah. You know, like, so it's the same kind of thing of like it goes beyond just like. And I love Star. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. I love Star Wars lore. I love like the breadth of the of the history and. Uh, the politics of it and everything, but what makes it work are like the are those subtle underpinnings, and it's really interesting to see like what what themes and motifs come back and how people like bend and break that. Because like the twins, the third episode yeah. is like it's uh, kind of like a retelling. Of the Luke and Leia, of Luke and Leia, with like the dyad yeah. twist on it and everything. It, yeah, it feels like they just took all of the concepts in Star Wars and just like shook them up and poured them out. Right. It's re- it's really fun for that aspect. It's just like, yeah, okay, you got fucking super soldiers and dark armor who are like raised by the dark side of the Force to fucking have some evil entity. They but can then breathe in space. And yeah. It's like <laughs> yeah, and it's like you know everybody like, uh, um. There's an X-wing. There's an R2D2. You know, like there, there's stormtroopers. Even in like, yeah, should they exist in this time period? Well, that doesn't matter. The stormtroopers represent evil. Yeah, you know, like that's that's foot soldiers. Yeah, right. That's yeah, the battle droids as well. What what? the battle droids as well? Yeah, right. Yeah, like it's not a matter of like, uh, how does this like fit into some like? What are they like? representing what do the what do these constellations represent in the sky they're not actual definitive shapes yeah but what value p- place are they holding right and, uh, lu- and luckily they're done all in anime so it's like they just tell you what they're thinking right <laughs> i'm guessing you guys watched in english yeah 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 there's a debate about it but like the there aren't japanese to english subtitles you can listen in japanese but like you're still getting the English dialogue in the subtitle, so it's like mm. what's the fucking other than just being like as- aesthetic. I don't understand the point of. I get it in like I typically don't, but I get it in like in a show, um, like if if you're watching if you're watching anime t- a typical anime, and you watch sub because the English subtitles are going to be different than the dialogue that you get in an English. Yeah, you know, like uh, I make fun of English subtitles way too much. I mean, they're usually pretty funny. Do you ever? Uh, <laughs> oh but then I stop paying attention to the show. Is the thing? Oh yeah. Oh my god! So that is the one thing from the fucking uh, second episode. The most like uh, English 
translation of an anime theme song. Oh I've my ever god! Fucking yeah. Heard. Oh my god. What? <laughs> Just the the lyrics to the songs. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like hey, let's go. Time for having some fun. <laughs> <laughs> you are okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys ever watch Angel Beats? No. Okay, I think it's that one, but like, it had a theme song that was like really, it sounded really heavy in Japanese, and then it ended up just being like really light, but in like a really creepy way whenever it was translated to English. Bro, that's like every fucking anime theme yeah, song I've that's ever fair. fucking heard. Yeah. Hmm. I remember thinking that uh, the uh, second Death Note theme, or maybe it was the first one. Sounds like it has the F slur in it. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I don't want to sing it, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It sounds it sounds almost exactly like it. We should look that up later just for fun. Oh, it's probably going to be like the fucking gummy bear Nazi thing. Oh, oh my God. Oh, don't. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The fact that that person immediately guessed and it was just like, you... If you guessed it, you have to know the answer. I bet we could distill that uh, that that conversation into a sketch. There's like somebody just munching on Haribo fucking gummy bears, and we can go through the fucking history of them. <laughs> no. What's up? I, um, w- was it obviously uh, Haribo were Nazis? But, <laughs> but let's continue. Did, <laughs> did they, they make them out of the bones of yes, yes, yeah, okay. people? I was making sure yeah. that like we didn't just like. I don't know if we <laughs> landed that. We might have landed that on our own, but right. No, I actually looked. I did the research yeah, okay. on it. Okay, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, we okay. talked about it while we were eating gummy bears. Right. I'm pretty yeah. sure. <laughs> But what were you gonna get at? That I was just making sure that we we didn't like jump just make that, that up, yeah, on our own. Oh, gotcha. Because because it came up uh, some somewhere. I was like, fun, fun fact. Um, Harbo were were Nazis, and they and they absolutely uh, got their their gelatin from uh, <coughs> questionable sources. And someone was like, please don't tell me that. They yeah, turned we were driving. Into totally did. Gumbers. We were driving to our like when we lived at Jody's yeah, to so we do were the podcast. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure I was just joking about that being the case, and then it just happened. I definitely looked it up. Yeah, because um. I saw the established time, and yeah. I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, because we were t- trying to figure out uh, the origins of yeah. Carabo, right? Yeah. Like uh, like it was some kind of an acronym for something like horrific, like a uh, like oh yeah, because I thought they were Japanese and I figured out they were German. Yeah, yeah, because of the name, it sounds like a fucking right. Yeah, just the other Axis power. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Italy. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't make up their mind. <laughs> um, yeah, the third episode was a lot of a lot of fun and like something that you couldn't do in the broader like star wars but because of that was able to condense like 
so much of Star Wars into that tight, neat little package. Um, certainly of the first batch, the fourth is yeah. by far my favorite. Yeah, it is really great. I really, really love that uh, that episode. Um, I wish that Disney properties in general would stop. I mean, this is more forgivable in like a, a anime setting than anything mm-hmm. else it's in, but would stop doing this thing where it's just like, who are you? <laughs> I'm a Jedi. You know what I mean? Like, I'm Scarlet Witch. You're, you're Vision. You're... <laughs> He's the anti-vision. It's fucking. I am Captain America. I am Iron Man. You know what I mean? Yeah. I. I find it more forgivable, not just for the, the anime aspect, but just like, the framing. We get of like, she's a Padawan without a without a master. She has PTSD. Yeah. Um, she's kind of hiding that part of herself. So there's more of like of a self-ownership kind of, like, declarative thing when she oh yeah. says it. Plus, that Yeah, yeah, it's a story beat there. It, it definitely works. When you, She, like, cuts off the Padawan braid, and then she, like, embraces the fact that she is right. a Jedi through her actions and also just through her, yeah, and understanding. The I love seeing a place that has, like, a different relationship and, like, a name for the Force and everything. Yeah. Like... A d- like a different kind of like uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like animist kind of kind of culture. Yeah. Um. And I love the, I love the cl- the cl- I have written down. Um. I think interpreting it as like the force, like, is a very aggressive way to look at what the overall function of what the force is. Right. You know, it's very Jedi. It's very like yeah. established, like vassal uh, sort of ideology, as opposed to thinking about it as like the way that Yoda is experiencing it on Dagobah and how these people are mm-hmm. sort of seeing it as just how like nature interacts. Uh, you can't change the river's flow by casting a stone, but live in harmony with nature, and you'll change together. And like. In the Western mind, there's this, like, wall that, like, you reach in, like, uh, in, like, Taoism or Zen Buddhism or something of, like, well, if I just go along with, like, with the flow and I don't, like, try to force things in my direction, then I'll just be static. But no, because nature's not static. You know, yeah. you still you still grow and progress and move yeah. along just at a more at a less resistive flow yeah. with the world around you. It it sucks, but like we have we are forced once you have the understanding of what's like happening in the world and the original response is to fight against it, to think that like if you go, if you convince enough people to go against the current, you can you can shift it, and that is on some some level the goal. But if you're in a situation where that's just not possible, that the only thing to be done is to be like, uh, is to is to naturally go along with the flow of the superstructure that that is present, 
then the only way that things can change is through that natural evolution of of, of history. The o- yeah, like a dialectical understanding of of reality is being able to stand in a place and step into the current as it passes you. Yeah. You know, uh, as it's as it's flowing flowing by and and to weave your body through through the rapids as best as you can to to the direction that you want to to want to go. But yeah, that just I don't know, it's just I love and and aesthetically I definitely agree. It was very uh very reminiscent of of Pokemon to me. I didn't even think of that until you uh yeah, you made that episode. Um until you said that, but like the coziness of it felt I felt almost ghibli. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, we were saying that too. Yeah, I said Castle in the Sky, but you said Princess Mononoke. Yeah. And I guess now looking at it, it's less so Mononoke because that has a lot of more uh, like darkness and hard lines and shit. This seems like it was a lot more... I mean, like, they're at war in both things, but nature is still allowed to exist in this world i was very confused about the sun on their planet because like it was it was it they were saying it was perpetually dawn or what was going on there because at at one point they're looking at the the sunrise and it's been rising since before i think there's just a metaphor okay that's see that's what i thought originally but then like like this the sun you can just extrapolate the sun rises and sets every day to the yeah. sun has been rising and setting like forever, yeah. Right. Like it's it is a like it is a cycle that we are a part of. So Kinema Citrus did that. The only one of theirs that I see here that I recognize is Codebreaker. Um they did Maiden Abyss, Rising of the Shield Hero, uh okay, Black yeah. Bullet Brockamon, Tokyo Magnitude, eight point <laughs> And Codebreaker is the Order of Rabbit. Um, uh, I saw uh, the sh- uh, uh, wait, Rise of the Shield Nine. Is that what it was? Um, Rise of the Shield Hero. Shield Rising Hero. of the Shield Hero. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's a kooky one. That's like a com- kind of an Sao sort of story. Have you ever seen Sword Art Online? I've only watched the abridged version. <laughs> Which is fantastic. It's honestly like not that far off. Really, (laughs) it's very creepy. Like it's very creepy. I've heard that the abridged version is obviously a lot. It just time-wise tighter, but just a lot and narratively tighter than the actual like source show is. There's so much filler. Um, but like all of the weird from what I've seen the like weird horny stuff in the abridged sticks. Like it's true to the (laughs) original. It's it's basically it's like a harem anime where he's like chosen a a favorite uh underage girl to sexualize. Yeah. And And several of them may or may not just so creepy. Like uh, just so many levels of it being and then then there's the whole incestuous plot line in the second like I haven't wrote the with the I um, haven't gotten that far. It's only yeah. basically the first season, uh, and a little bit into the fucking fairy arc, whatever. Yeah. With the cousin sister, yeah. Yeah, his his uh, not really sister. You know yeah. what I mean? Creepy with I huge tits. 
as a, like a, a ten oh, year old. Yeah. Or whatever she is. No, I think she's twelve or something. It's all the same shit, man. It's, it's taking a fucking it's adolescent girl and making yeah, her a sexual object. He's like what sixteen or something. It's weird. I mean, I don't. I I don't know anything about that shit. But I assume that he and Austin are like the same age. Are are they? I thought she. I thought he was her older brother. Austina? Who are we? Th- who are we talking about? Kirito and and Austina. Oh oh, in the in the first season of it. Yeah yeah. In the in the second in the elfin part of it, the 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 female lead becomes his sister when they're trying to retrieve Austina's spirit from. Yeah yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, um, but, yeah, but I, and again, only from a bridge, I could not imagine the actual show making me love Austin more than I fucking love her in the, in the abridged version, but I love their, their dynamic and with, uh, with Yui. It's weird, but it's entirely believable. Yeah, in the in the process of watching the show, I was like, "This is kind of cute," but they're like always in the back of my mind. I was like, "This is pretty fucking problematic ah, and okay. strange." So, main dude is fourteen in the first season, and the last season he's seventeen. Asuna is fifteen to eighteen. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that part's fine. Yeah. I'm just saying that like she is a Shit, where is she? a child, and like we, the audience, are a varied age. You're supposed to say things to the eyes of uh, Kirito. Kirito, yeah. Yeah. Who is also a child. Yeah. And is also, you know, fucking playing adult. Right. So, like, I think it'd be weird if they actually had, like, real-life child actors doing that. Yeah. Like, but in oh. an anim- animated sense, I, had, I don't really have a problem with. With that arc. I don't know anything else about the other fucking arc. She's 15, so she's older than Kirito. Yeah. I, I'm not yeah. Sa- I'm not well talking about saying their comparative like little, ages. Okay. I'm saying about the, her age compared to the like uh, like the audience oh, and like to... Simp- simping is definitely weird. In yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it feels like the the way that they're drawing her with like fan service and shit is like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's very sexualized. And the fact that we're seeing her in this like housewife role as somebody who is like just barely pubescent is fucking right. weird as fuck. And um also the like the reaffirming of all of those weird gender roles. And the, I don't know, just the the two children playing house is fine. You know what I mean? Right. It's to- nothing wrong with that. But if you're like an adult who is using that as a method to instill a romantic relationship between your two main characters. I question, you know, motivations along with that, especially knowing the kind of audience that will receive it. And and also what happens in, like, the second season is just entirely a, like, fan service sort of plot line wherein his big-titted little sister is in love with him and is trying to seduce him through the fucking... Not little sister. Is she not? No. I thought she said Asuna was older. They both of the girls are. They both are by a year. Okay, well then her his older sister then. Yeah. Still. It's still weird. Yeah. It's a, it's the same idea. I'm saying that like they're it's a it's an exploitative fucking weirdly sexualized plot line involving romantic relationships between children. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think the Abridge does. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the first season does a good job of, of subverting. Yeah, yeah, those, absolutely. Like, those problematic things about about their relationship and giving Austin a more more agency, more of a personality, more too. of a personality. In in the um, I can't remember how like what her reaction is like when they meet in the abridged, but in like the the real anime, she walks up and she like basically calls him a bitch. Yeah, I mean it's kind of like that, and yeah, just to a uh, much more <laughs> impressive degree. <laughs> Whenever they find out about Yui, and like you know that she's just like an an AI like. Uh, and, like, then why all, all this? Why'd you, like, was, like, like, think you were, like, our daughter or whatever? She's like, because I wanted to know what love is. I wanted you to show me. <laughs> and oh and my Austin God. goes, goddamn foreigner. <laughs> Kirito's like, you mean the band, right? Because Austin has been just, yeah. like, this subtly, like, racist this entire time. And yeah. it's just the funniest <laughs> fucking joke, joke to me. Because they just do such a good job of, like, Oh no! Like she's a fully fleshed out person, with uh, with bigoted <laughs> views and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's none of that shit going on in in the actual series. It's more it's more so just that like I don't know. It just it does the whole. It's it's almost like watching uh, Tenchi Muyo. You know, where everybody's like emotional state and place in the world is like a reflection of their feelings towards. Uh, the main character. Yeah. So, heaven and earth, no need. <laughs> Do I want to watch that? And and then like, I watch that tonight. So, uh, so here we are. So here we are. We uh. Let's see, we uh we last left off uh wrapping things up in Valentine and we are um setting off for hopefully greener pastures and Dutch has asked us and Charles to um to f- to find uh, a new new campground. Um this is I think I've talked this about this before, but this is the first mission that, like, I feel Arthur's moral compass start to shift. Yeah. And it's, um, it's entirely self-serving. Like, it's, it's entirely a selfish motivation. He did something good, and he got rewarded for it in, in gold. Mm-hmm. That's worth a lot of fucking money. Yeah. Like, I took it to the Finns, and I got, like, 300 fucking bucks out of that fucking... Yeah. Uh, little fucking golden god, but I think that's like the start of of Arthur, at least in my like playing of him, starting to see like good actions are their warrant their own reward and aren't entirely tied to your like total ledger of morality in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite Charles lines happens with the German family that he rescues. Uh, it's when he says, uh, uh, "Arthur's like, why are we helping them for? <laughs> it's not doing us any good." And Charles, he basically says that. Like, yeah. But Charles says, um, 
you, you ain't yeah. as dumb and tough as all that. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, okay, yeah. Charles is very uh, perceptive in that moment because yeah. he has seen something in Arthur that I think many people in his life have seen, that he is capable of empathy and that right. he's capable of being doing the right thing for the right reason. But it is like entirely a self-delusion that he lives in this reality where that's just impossible for him to be anything other than a fucking bandit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when you grow up in the the gang, that's bound to yeah. happen. But I mean, there, there are people who are setting a good example for him. Jose is around. Yeah. And we don't know how, how his character developed, but I imagine when Arthur was young and Jose had to leave, that's when a lot of his development happened, which again, still pushing for that sequel starring Jose, but that's, that's another story. Um, would it be a sequel? Sequel, prequel, like like two was. Yeah, mm. so it would be uh, two, three, one, is what you're saying? No, three, two, one. Yeah. Because Hosea came first. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. right. Okay. Mm. So you know how like the first game, kind of has like a soft epilogue, like yeah, you beat Dutch and that's the end of the game, and then like you're on the farm. And really, nothing eventful happens until the, yeah. the end. Yeah. So just like talking to Jack and teaching him shit. Right. Um. So like that, you play as Hosea, and then soft epilogue, you play as Arthur for the months leading up to, uh, Blackwater. Yeah. And then the actual epilogue is Jack in World War Two or World War One. Oh as, yeah! As Fuck like yeah! The as the button ending on just to bookend everything, yeah. yeah. I would be cool with it being a trilogy and just being like the greatest video game trilogy that's ever happened, right? You know. Yeah, I don't. I think there's more to explore, especially of like. Um, I feel like the there's not as even in the first game because that's like it's more you're more west, but also time has caught up yeah, with you more. Yeah. There isn't like really any space where you get to be in the in the west and like in a way you imagine that rockstar would be really fucking good at like i think the closest that gets to it of like the red dead franchise that feels like rockstar in the west is undead nightmare yeah you know like something something more no holds hold barred very little institution in place just you know, without the zombies would be a lot of fucking fun. Um, but, you know. But, yeah, so, really that's on mostly on the rails. There's not a lot of deviation that, that happens in that, in that mission. So, um, but then we get back and... <laughs> My daddy died in a field in Pennsylvania fighting this lot. Did I ever tell you that? <laughs> Many times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is one of the best missions of the of the whole game. Well, the first half of the mission I fucking fucking hate. Um, I was just catching the guys on the train and then yeah. fishing. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, the um, what is his name? I don't know why I want to call him Leopold because that's Strauss's Archibald? name. Archibald. Archibald, yeah. what a dumbass! <laughs> like, 
You okay? No, who's Archibald? Uh, the, the sheriff. Oh. oh, yeah. What's yeah. the sheriff's name? Sheriff Gray. Lee Gray. Gray. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, Archibald, Archibald is a dumb fuck. <laughs> it's so funny, though. He's so dumb in such a very, like, ironic way. It's he just has a lot of dramatic yeah. irony in his lines. Yeah. But, uh, is it whenever they're, like, going around and they're going to fish, whenever, like, Hosea says it, but he calls, like, their little family, it was like, um... It was when they first leave camp. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I can't exactly remember the quote, um, but... Oh, the, yeah, the odd, odd, odd couple yeah. and their unruly son. Yeah. yeah. God, that that whole experience of, of fishing is pretty great. We get one of the better uh, stories about Arthur's past. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Caught all these bass, or so so he he made it seem. And they go back into town, and then the uh, the butcher's like, "Hey, how'd you enjoy those fish?" <laughs> you know, there's a certain IRL. There's a certain serenity. And I don't know if that's even the right word for it. It's almost impossible to put into words about fishing. You know, of like, it's not fun. It's not even really pleasurable. It's not, like, stimulating or anything. And, like, it's too, like, if you're having a, a good day on the water, it's too interactive to really be relaxing. But there's, like, a, like, a zen flow state that you get into with it. And I really g- like it. I, I love fishing. Yeah. Like that. Like it's. I definitely fishing over hunting. Hunting get up way too fucking early, and you have to move too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, but it's it's just really hard to describe what's appealing about it. Um, but the game does a really good job of capturing that feeling. Yeah. Of like. Cause I spent so fucking long. I, um, I caught and threw back thirty, and then I filled up every. Cause I was you know, like, fucking, I'm here anyway. Might as well get my fucking honor up. And then I filled up every fish that the lake has, which is the steelhead trout, largemouth, and smallmouth. Yeah. And there's so many fucking trout in that fucking lake. So I caught a bunch of fucking trout and it's like, you can't keep any more of these. All right, well, here you go. Took me forever to get the um, get the large mouth and small mouth um, filled up in my satchel. Um, Did you just give them to camp? Yeah. That was a pretty good call. I just I just fished until like I was done with it. Same. It's hard. It's hard to find a point to be be done with it the last playthrough i sat out there for like two gay two days in game jesus yeah <laughs> do dutch and jose say anything so that you know they talk <laughs> <laughs> so they talk to you at first and like oh uh, hmm, you're gonna keep that one huh like or just like oh he lives to fight another day or whatever yeah. but eventually they stop stop talking yeah. to you. <laughs> and like no matter Arthur. how long you wait they're like you packing it in? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> God. The first time they said that, I was like, yeah, I'm done. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Definitely wish there were more moments with the with those three. I mean, the game does a good enough job of, like, emotionally tethering you to, to like, 
to them specifically. Uh, so it's not needed, but it would be nice to have more of those little little moments like that, or even just a mission where it's just you and Dutch and Hosea um, doing like just happening to be in town together and getting into a a scrape or something like that, and seeing and seeing how they interact on their own without the context of being the leaders of the gang. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um. Damn, Hosea. And my is he about to die? What? No. And my f- favorite. I know he died. I just don't remember which chapter. Not this one. No. Uh, my favorite, like probably, probably my favorite diegetic piece of music in the game, um, is the is Arthur and and Dutch and Hosea singing uh, Three Mariners mm-hmm. rowing back into. Because <laughs> it's not that it's like really pleasing. It's just you know you can, as a songwriter, you can see how like um like like the metaphoric relationship of uh of being uh, a pirate or a mariner or something in the in the seventeenth century would resonate with the three of them so so deeply that it's like it's it's such an honest thing for them to sing um and there's a couple songs at at camp but they're more somber through a it's more celebratory of of themselves and how uh oh just a whole thing is just a nice a nice moment um I like the song they sing before that too. Yeah. The I the asked that guy to give me some. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I feel like that. <laughs> that Arthur, and honestly, probably Dutch, thinking about it, because I can't imagine Molly is the first like, tempestuous relationship that he's had. Um, have a more like personal connection to that where. Hosea seems to have more of like an ironic detachment to it. You know, he seemed to have a loving marriage with yeah. with Bessie, um, and so that kind of that kind of uh, mis- misogynist "she did me wrong" kind of kind of song seems more like more personal to Arthur and Dutch yeah. than it does to Hosea, but Hosea has just has has a dark sense of humor about those kind those kind of things um he kind of has to yeah so um so come so we get all that done we're back at camp and all all that stuff and uh i have a one-on-one with karen um who i haven't had as many with i haven't with mary mary beth always wants to talk to arthur um until he does sometimes but Karen not so often. And I was talking to Karen and uh like, what is wrong with you, Arthur? <laughs> and he's like, oh, I've been killing animals needlessly. <laughs> is that it? Just like, who gives a shit, dude? Like Yeah. <laughs> they're animals. They're animals. Yeah. Why do you what are you making a big I've deal? had You're that a person. one and then I've had the um I've been killing innocent people talk. Yeah, that's it followed up with that. Yeah. 
Oh, you got both of them in one conversation. Yeah. You uh. can you can talk to I think all three of the women about that same exact thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because Karen's Dale. like, yeah. Karen's just like, so the fuck what? And I was like, well, I've been killing innocent people too. Yeah. She's like, and I can't remember what she said about that, but. <laughs> oh, well that's more of an issue. <laughs> yeah, she asked what was wrong with him. She was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had uh, Mary Beth was the first one, and then Karen was the one who did the um, the innocent people one for me. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had that conversation with Karen. The only character moment I've had this this time, I think, is the one I talked about last, where she smacks the fuck out of Molly. It's pretty great. Oh, why did she smack the fuck out of Molly? Because Molly was talking shit to her, oh. like to her face. Shit. And she was like trying to give her an order, and and Karen was just like no, and then Molly was yeah, insulted her place. insulted her to her face and gave her the order again. And Karen punched her or slapped her or something, and I was just like oh all right. I, I did something I've never done done before, in this playthrough. And I spent an entire day, at camp. Oh. Like just chilling, fucking doing chores, talking to people. Just Damn, I forget about the chores because I'm never at camp. Does hmm. something happen if you do chores? You just get honor form. Gotcha. Yeah. They they speak highly of you also. Right. Um, that was that was fun. That was that was pleasant. I can't think of any like um, the Karen interaction probably happened that day. Um, I can't think of anything that that stood out from that. I think. Um, do you know Swanson was married? No, I didn't. Yeah, that came up in conversation. Probably that. Probably that day. Um, I can't remember the details about it, but I think he's talking to Hosea. Um, and uh, and he, he and he brings it up, and there's little little character details that even after all these many times of of playing, that she that she missed out on because there's always interactions and stuff going on around you. I um I don't remember if maybe it was like in a mission or not or if it was just a conversation I walked past, but um Lenny talking to Hosea about uh doubts that he yeah, has. Yeah, that it's uh it's not a mission. It's I'm pretty sure it's at it's at camp. Um, yeah, it was definitely it was yeah. at camp. I was like walking past trying to play dominoes and the domino symbol disappeared. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Whenever you're like going to do one of like the mini games and then. You just get blindsided by something? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle, Uncle coming up. Arthur! Arthur! I need money. I wanted to give it to him, too. Calm down. <laughs> I'll get it for somebody else. Hey, where do you find that storybook for Jack? Um, do you guys remember? Oh, it's in that cabin in like uh, the northeast area. With the old uh, dead lady and yeah. her family in, in there. You get attacked by the bear. No, I think that's where you find the... Um, that's where you find the harmonica. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I haven't done that one yet, I don't think. That or the pipe. I can't remember. No, it's the pipe. That's right. It is yeah. the pipe. Because I went and did that shit on a, on a playthrough 
but it was like I did it in chapter six. So I go through all that fucking shit, get mauled by a fucking bear, come back, um, and up uh, far west, um, and come back to the fucking east of Beaver Hollow, and you don't even have the option to give it to give the request back to Dutch. It's like you, that kind of like point of the game is done. Uh, just like cool. Cool, you got this thing that I asked for like three months ago. <laughs> 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 fucking traitor. <laughs> um, Did he ask poison? him to go get it? Or? Yeah, it's just one of those things of like, it's a conversation and you get an item request of this, you know, yeah. the same thing of, of oh. like the comic book. Dutch's thing is a pipe that you can re- you can get for him. Yeah, but he didn't like tell you you had to go find it, did he? No, no, he it's just, it's not yeah. That it sounds exactly like, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I had waited too long, and I couldn't give it to him because like the rapport with the gang was broken down by that point. So it would have been weird to be like, "Hey, I, I I know that I got in your in your face about killing killing all damn Indians the other day, but I found I went out of my way across <laughs> the fucking state." <laughs> To the edge of Blackwater to get this pipe for you. Uh, Thank you, Arthur. Sure, you can tell I'm been mauled by a bear. (laughs) (laughs) God, whenever you're just talking to somebody and you've got just like open bear gashes on your (laughs) on your body, it's always silly, especially with like the camera cuts because it's like in whatever emotional state the scene is in. So you can just have an open wound and be bleeding profusely. It's just fine. Yeah. So. I got me a new horse. Oh yeah, yeah. Cool. I went up to uh, to Owengia and uh, the Chestnut Arabian is up there. Oh, yeah. Which I think is relatively new. Like I think that was actually DLC that was was added. Um, it's really really pretty. Um, but I wanted something new for uh, for roads. So. Um. So my white Arabian is faith. My black Arabian is money. Do you want to guess what I named uh, this one? I don't know, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what is it? It's, uh, let me fucking um, Google the pronunciation because I can't fucking say it right. Are you going to have... Um Whatever Google's voice thing is called to say it to us. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's not even going to be better because of how Google pronounces shit. What? It is Arabic for the plan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's pretty good. But uh, just uh, train. <laughs> just name naming a horse train. Yeah. <laughs> oh fuck! There is a fourth Arabian. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh wait, no. Is it train that does drops of Jupiter? 
the band. Train. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Name it Jupiter. Yeah. There we go. That's actually a good horse name. Yeah. Uh. My horse's name is Moonshine. That's a great horse name. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, I had a I had a horse named Mooney. Yeah. Yeah. How is everybody on there? So let's let's do a, do a, a checkup on uh, horses and and loadouts. Oh shit! I think um I think I'm I'm up to dual volcanic pistols. That's mainly what I'm using, mm-hmm. just for almost everything. Uh, other than that, on my back, I typically have a bow and a shotgun. Um, if not the shotgun, then the uh fucking uh I think right now all I have for a sniper is the Sarcano, I think. You g- unless you buy it, you get the Car Carcano Sarcano. Um. Yeah, well, when you do the mission with Bill and Van Horn. Okay, you so have the rolling block. Yeah, it's the rolling block. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's my loadout. As far as horses go, um, let's see. I I still have Mooney. I have a uh, Hungarian. What was that one's name? Do you remember? No, I don't even remember mine. Its name is like Butter or something like that. Butter. Yeah. Pretty good name for a horse, I think. No, I like it. Yeah. It does remind me of South Park. Oh, Butters? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like it even more now. <laughs> it's very <laughs> funny. <laughs> yeah, all right, guys. <laughs> God. No, uh, yeah. Uh, I think I have a... Of a uh, what are the big ones called? The Shires? Shire. I think I have a Shire called um, Bo. Is it the same one that you get from Jose, or do you get a different one? That's a different one. You um, sell it off a wagon? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. God. I've been having, like, s- tremendously worse luck this time around in just my playthrough. Yeah? Yeah. What do you mean? Like, in the first game, like, any time I'd get into an interaction where... Like, I'd be in, like, a shooting challenge or I'd be in, like, a horse race or just any of those encounters where you're, like, kind of, like, put up against some odds mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, uh, something weird will just happen. Like, uh, I think we got attacked uh, during the shooting mission, like, during the shootout thing. There was, like, a cougar or something. Oh, my God. Which, <laughs> hilarious, <laughs> yeah. but holy shit. And uh, during the horse race, I just rammed it right into him. No, no, no. I rammed into an oncoming uh, rider and just killed him. Oh, a person ran horse out in race. front of me during so the horse race. You know, you know the guy that shows up and he's just like trying to test out his new badass horse? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, and he's I, just abusive to the yeah. fucking horse. Yeah. Uh, during that race, I just fucking just destroyed another person mm-hmm. running towards me. I'm pretty sure I killed him and the horse. <laughs> it's just one of those impacts where you're just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> the, like, the physics engine is so convincing mm-hmm. and still funny yeah. at the same time that, like, whenever that shit happens, it's just great. It's like dropping a bag of hammers. It's just, it's too much. Um, yeah, uh, that shit would happen. Um, like, when I met the hunter that's, like, stalking the bear, the bear just mauled my fucking face off. I'm pretty sure we talked about that already. Yeah. But, yeah, no, this this time Arthur is, like, <laughs> it's not going great. <laughs> I haven't 
played since the last time we talked, so Arthur is still very um, emaciated. Um, I don't remember my loadout. It's all the basic stuff. I haven't really bought anything. Yeah. Um, and then I have a Morgan to name um, Morgan horse named Molly, and then I don't remember what Moonshine is, but um, she's a racing horse. Yeah. There was just randomly two like really shitty people riding by, and I just so happened um, to murder them. No, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't murder them. I killed someone else as they were running by, and one of them ran into the other, and it caused one of them to die. And the other dude got scared and got off his horse and ran away. And so I just took the one I liked the best, and the other one went. Cool. Yeah. That's my try to play the f- my first couple of times. Um, like, my first... In fact, my first playthrough, I didn't get the... the horse morning scene at the at the end because I had just like probably like an hour before stolen a horse off of a bounty hunter or does something. It, does it only give you the scene if you're yeah. bonded? Yep. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I don't know if it's I think it's level four. Yeah. Because I did it with um Buell and I didn't get it. Because mm. I didn't have enough time to get my bond up with Buell, which you're level four with your mm-hmm. your boy. Mm. Yeah, I'm with with Mooney too. I'm guessing guessing you are too, since you've only been on on one. Yeah, two. But two. Yes. Yeah. Are they both? You bond them both level four, or yeah. I'm pretty sure Faith is, but she's stabled. Um so do you lose your horses after Arthur dies? Yes. You can now well like things like the Arabians, I can go back and uh and get another one from the same spot that I that I found those in. Um and I don't know about like um and obviously a random Morgan is a random Morgan or whatever, but like the special ones in the game you can still find as as Johns. Um but I've either just stuck with uh, Rachel as John, or if I have enough money, I'll go to Tumbleweed and buy Silver Dollar Hosea's horse. Yeah. Because it's at the stable in Tumbleweed. I think it's Tumbleweed. It's out west somewhere. Um, I don't want to lose my horses. Yeah, that's... But that's just, you know, part of life. Right. Um, you got to lose your horses. Yeah, when when you die, your animals just like. Well, you could have them buried with you. <laughs> the, f- the pharaohs used to do that. I, I'm not. I'm gonna bury two live horses. I with wish me. that you didn't have to lose your entire stable. That's yeah. That's like I get the horse you're on dies, but it's like John would have known where Arthur kept his horses, and John could have definitely benefited from having a few, you know, extra horses around. Then again, yeah. he could have benefited from selling them, so I guess that makes sense too. Yeah. Well, but I guess it just depends on like how much of an asshole John is. Well, I mean, he pretty much—I don't think he would have any like moral reason to hold on to the horses. Right. I'm just like, yeah. I think maybe they should let you keep 
one horse that you have four levels of bonding with in your stable because that would make sense right. like if that was the the one horse that like john would have felt any kind of way about getting rid of oh yeah because you know. yeah, if he always sees arthur riding like one specific horse he'd like yeah you know riding pumpkin or whatever why does Hosea's horse end up in a stable? I don't know. I mean, it may not be Hosea's horse, but it's this really, I think, the only one of that breed in the game, one of the few ones of that breed, and it's the right color. So you can just assume that. And there's a yeah. couple other ones of, like, the camp's horses that end up in different, or that look like the camp's horses that end up in different stables. So. Mm. Yeah. That that part feels pretty gamey. It's just like, have any of the the, like, signature horses of any of the characters you get you get to ride them just as a right it's like a little easter egg or a yeah a reward either way and i hardly and i i still have and unless i um i do find jupiter i'll keep um i'll keep the the black shire that hosea gives you but i hardly ever find much occasion to ride him he kind of just sits in the stable so he don't like I don't have even like maybe level one. I doubt I have level two bonding with him. Yeah. That's I really just feel like I need a war horse and I need a fast horse. Those are like my two real modes switching between. So um so Ca- Cassidy and the like the wild bunch uh the or the hole in the wall gang um, had this like relay system like when they do a job every so many miles I don't know how often 20, 30, 50, 100, whatever they'd have a new horse like tethered up along their like escape route oh so like they'd you know rob a bank, ride out of town ride the horse basically to, to it was done right and then get on a different horse that nobody recognized yeah. and go to the next spot and next spot and next spot. And I wish there was more of that. I wish there were more fucking, not necessarily stables, but like hitching posts. You could have like yeah. different horses like stationed. And like if you like if you leave it there, this would be a cool thing to have if, there, if we did have like a earlier West kind of game of like – and if you leave it there just on a rope by itself, then even if you leave it on, like, on an apple tree or something, then eventually it's going to get everything that it can eat, and it will starve if you yeah. don't, like, come back and take care of it. You can't yeah. just ignore it forever. It's like, cool, I've got horses right. everywhere. It could either die or run away. It could either die or run away. Right. <coughs> Pretty but sure most. have a lot more of like your horses in the game than just yeah. the four that you can have stable and have them closer to you to be like oh oh shit there's fucking like there's bounty hunters after me or what the fuck or what the fuck ever or I'm going into this kind of like major shootout mission and the closest closest stable is like half a state away and it doesn't make sense to ride over there just to get a horse that might not get spooked in this scenario, you mm. know, but so yeah, I don't really change up that. M- I change up more narrative, narratively or thematically, I guess. 
like I start with whatever horse that I that I get at whenever uh I guess not just borrowing um uh Charles's horse and then I don't know what horse you oh it's the fucking um Adler horse that you ride when you the go Tennessee Walker yeah. when you go hunting with Charles yeah so I don't have much attachment to a horse and then I get the fucking white Arabian and ride it for the first first or second chapter um and typically I steal the blue uh, Nakoda from the guy trying to give you a treasure map um but I got the Red Arabian this time, and I'll get the black one in San Denis and switch back to the white for the end just because of the um, narrative aesthetics. Yeah. Like, I feel like... Arthur riding in on a white horse is right. kind of... Yeah, yeah like, Arthur is, in spite of himself, good in the in the beginning of the game. And I feel like his... there And there's, like, the... The chestnut is like this really deep, rich, like almost like gravelly red color, and I feel like that just kind of just fits the burnt out, rusted vibes of the of the antebellum South. Yeah, and obviously, like Arthur's darkest point is, and the whole gang's darkest point is in Saint Denis, you know. The artif the artificial lighting of the dank city streets and everything. So, I've so like my I have three shires and or uh, three Arabians and one shire that I hardly ever ride. So I hardly ever even like think of only in in retrospect do I think of um, of having wish I had a different horse in a situation that may not have, you know, bucked me off in straight into the jaws of a wolf or something like that. Yeah, they do be doing that. Fucking, I've been kicked into so many cougars' fucking faces. God. So, you're going hunting for cougars? Is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> I think the, no, what it is is that, like, you'll see, like, an enemy dot just, like, really quickly moving across your your little uh, mini map and then gotcha gotcha yeah and the time to react to that and you'd be like what the fuck is oh shit and then <laughs> so did you do any uh side mission things um i went to town with sadie yeah that um was that a side mission no it's not it's a uh, no that's that's a story mission um any fishing or house robbing or anything like that though <laughs> I talked to someone about robbing a house, but I don't know if I went and did it. Have you gone with, like, Javier to the, uh... Fishy hole? Oh, yeah. What? Uh, there's, uh, there's a couple with Javier. There's the one where you go to the house and rob it, and then there's... Or, well, it's kind of like a uh, little compound with, like, a family in their stable. Yes. You I did that, that one? Yeah. Yeah, okay. That one was, was that in... That's in the I think we talked chapter. about that. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. in Horseshoe, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, uh, at least I think there's a couple with Javier in uh, uh, Clement's Point, but the first one is him going going fishing with him. Um, you go to this little fucking like 
little like river um cubby hole thing water words um <laughs> and it's we talked about this last week a little bit of like arthur's um like it's just his general like self-loathing that exists beyond like the awareness of his like mortality just he has this, this undercurrent of like self-hatred or whatever and it shows up here when he's like when they're fishing and Arthur's not getting anything and, ho- and fucking uh, Javier keeps catching shit Javier's like you should try this bait brother the crickets he's like oh it's not the bait it's me I've never been a good fisherman especially compared to you and Hosea he's like just fucking try the bait. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, how are you ever gonna not be a shit fisherman if you won't change your bait attitude, whenever yeah. you're <laughs> you're failing with other bait? But uh, no, yeah, I've no, not. I wonder I've not why. Done that. I wonder why the fucking why the bass don't want to fucking eat your fucking bread, dude. Yeah. Cheese. 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 Man. Oh, um, hack that saved my fucking life. Go, go into your controls, and you can switch the reel from oh. to uh, holding down, I guess, the square button on the PlayStation controller. I definitely need to do that. Yeah, because, God, it's at this point, it's not that bad. Fucking catching legend. I'm sure you know. I'm sure you've yeah. done it. Catching legendaries with the fucking, oh, God, that's. I don't know. I got that weird thing going on with my thumbs, and I, d- I hate it. Oh, I just I just put my controller down and just yeah. You can use your yeah, yeah. your palm. Oh, I, I don't yeah. I don't have too much trouble. Yeah, with I, that. I can't do it fast enough with my. Thumb. I c- I can rotate pretty fast with my thumb. Yeah, I can't even think of. I don't know. I can't recreate the motion. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not. Th- see, that's not fucking fucking fast enough with some of these like big motherfuckers. Oh yeah, you really have. Gotcha. Some of them t- do take a while. I think it's like that's part of the patience thing is that <laughs> they do get tired. Like they, <laughs> they get <laughs> I was reeling in the wrong way <laughs> and I was getting really whenever I was fishing with Jack, I was getting real fucking pissed <laughs> Just about Just letting it. the fish go further. I've <laughs> 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 never been a good fisherman. <laughs> Arthur, why don't you try turning it the other way? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not the bait, Jack. It's me. It's, yeah, not, it's not the real. It's me. And the funniest thing was is I looked it up because I was like, God, what am I fucking doing wrong? Like, I thought I was doing it right. I'm hearing a clicking noise. Reddit's first answer <laughs> on a post from like six years ago. Six years ago. That's not right. Sorry. Right. Um, from several years ago. And it was just like, are you turning it the right way? Dot dot dot. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think that you that it would go the wrong wrong way. And yeah, it's just a false click. Hmm. Okay. Okay. That mm. makes sense. But if you spin it fast enough, the they sound the same. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. And finally, yeah, we. Uh, get to our mission with with Sadie, um, which it's also been a week since I I played it, but I don't think there's anything like. Obviously, it's our first time seeing uh, Sadie outside the context of crying on Abigail's shoulders, um, 
Or threatening to murder Pearson. Yeah. Someone needs to. I don't know. Pearson's kind of a nice guy. No, I actually do like Pearson. <gasps> He's just talking shit to Sadie, and that's... Yeah. Okay. I know... It's just Grishaw is going to kill him. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, Sadie, Sadie's a, ba- a badass. We have a reinforcement of Arthur's, like, moral position of the of the gang. Like, like, I thought we was outlaws. Outlaws, not idiots. We kill, we kill people who, are, or we rob people who rob other people. These people are just trying to get by. If I can't shoot anybody, not right now. <laughs> Wait till the end of the mission. <laughs> yeah. Um and you know, good characterization for her and building her and Arthur's um relationship. But what I wanted to ask is so let's assume that nobody else dies and everyone gets everything plays out the same way. Except everybody gets out of everything alive. Who do you think? And at at the at the end, when Arthur confronts Micah and Dutch, who do you think stands with Arthur, and who do you think sides with Dutch? Mm. I think that Hosea would probably side with Arthur, just because he's been critical from the beginning, although that is one of the bigger question marks considering they are the oldest relationship of right. any of them. I, fi- I feel like Jose is the hardest one to say for sure. Yeah. I think that Lenny is another big question mark too because he's young enough to be easily influenced by the fact that he could see Dutch as a like savior figure, mm-hmm. but he might also just have the moral center to realize that what's happening is fucked. From like the conversation I heard with of Lenny and um, Hosea, it seems like Lenny's there, kind of on the same line as Hosea. Oh yeah, like Lenny, and that's like he's questioning Dutch. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like Lenny is being kind of like primed or uh, or guided as uh, as Hosea's replacement, because mm. Arthur's smart, but he's not. Arthur's never going to be the um oh what's the like the the regal term that I'm trying to think of the like the uh, the, the advisor ad- the yeah yeah the uh, grand vizier yeah exactly that's never going to be Arthur's role um someone else is going to have to do that and Lenny is the person that fits into that which makes it even um harder spoilers when Hosea and Lenny die pretty much back to back of each other. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. I was trying to figure out how Hosea died, but I know how Lenny dies, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um fucked. Yeah, I th- But I think that while Hosea has a lot more of a longer personal relationship with Dutch that makes it harder, I think Lenny has that same amount of time with Arthur and with Arthur in a mentor role. So I, I can see it l- Lenny leaning more towards Arthur 
definitively than I can Hosea. Yeah. Um. Who else are Who else would we have? And that w- who else are we missing at the end of when that um, confrontation happens? Right. Um. Let's see. Molly. Um. Mm. Sean. Oh yeah. Sean would be with Arthur probably. Um. And then. I don't know though. No, I I think firmly Sean would would be with Dutch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like because that first. Little You're right. He is kind of like brutal and dogmatic. And he's very from the like first mission you go on with him of like robbing the homestead. He's like, and people need to get off of Dutch's back about that Blackwater business. You know, yeah. yeah. He's always like in firmly in Dutch's camp. Yeah, he's like mm. Dutch has to do what Dutch has to do. Yeah. Um, and then there's the ones that got away. Oh yeah, like Trelawney or Yeah, or like Trelawney, uh let me think. Pearson left. Um Mary Mary Beth. I think it's who all like left that last morning. Uh, Tilly. Tilly, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I think after what you do for Tilly, she'd probably be on Arthur's side. Yeah, it, yeah. Also, uh, I don't. Uh, Mary Beth. It seems like she's pretty sweet on Arthur. Just, just in general, like, not even like in a yeah, yeah, no, in I a very platonic sense. Yeah, I would assume assume that I think Molly would actually be a hard one. Yeah, because she clearly loved Dutch like a right. lot. But you can't operate from a rational perspective on yeah. on that one. Um Yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz uh, us on the outside of it in it and you know being uh like our nearest connection to it, the character we play. Right. Obviously, we're going to side with Arthur. And it is it does seem like the obvious choice, and Dutch is losing it. Yeah, but... You can also understand completely why, like, Javier and Bill did what they did. Right. Not that they're sympathetic characters, <laughs> but I don't know, Javier more so than Bill. Yeah. Really? I I think so. I think Bill is like. Uh. Bill has only ever cussed at me, so I have not become endeared to him at all. Bill just seems so dumb, yeah. and so. I don't actually. Now that I think about it, if we're talking about. Talking. Well, I don't know. Do we do we see do we see, Bill's stupidity as a reflection of his unwillingness to change and learn or is it just like a set that he has just from his his person like is it a is it a fault of his that he is incapable of seeing the writing on the wall or is it just like what he was destined to be it's uh, a good question i don't because javier you can't really he seems he's definitely smart enough to know better right but he is you know he's bought into the all the Dutch lines and is very self-serving. Well, I definitely don't think that Bill is is smart enough 
or has any interest in being in being smart enough because I think Bill is just like ha- Javier has has ideals and and things and you know has a, like has a romanticism yeah. ab- about him about himself. Uh, Bill is just a lonely idiot. Yeah, who just wants who just wants to belong, and wants to be be important yeah. and not and not just be the the camp idiot basically he seems just like a like a beaten puppy kind of yeah 100 percent. and that you can't really fault him for on its own but i guess his choices along those lines are not positive <laughs> i don't know it's hard to say so next week um well, I'm not sure where we'll we'll go to. Uh, we'll get to hear my favorite piece of non-diegetic music in the game. I can say that much. Um, and we'll finish up uh, Star Wars Visions and the last two episodes of What If. And um, I'm going to have to watch Venom somehow. Because I've already been spoiled on the... G- I don't know the context of anything, but I've already been spoiled on the goddamn post credit scene. And if if it's what people keep saying and what I've just picked up from, like, the ether of trying to dodge fucking headlines in my Google feed, it's going to piss me the fuck off. So I need to fucking see it. What, Tobey Maguire shows up? Or? I think it's Holland, actually. Really? Yeah. Well... All I've been seeing are memes of people going... And then, like, just Tom Holland's name repeated over and over and over again. Okay. Uh, That's, like, the only thing I've seen in regards. It's stupid enough that I'll fucking watch a cam. That's fine. I'm not going to pay money for it. I'm (laughs) not going to fucking sit in a theater for it. But Do we even have a functioning theater right now? I don't know. And I'm not sure if the good one in uh, Cape is still open either. Fucking. I, I... Thinking back on the first movie, like it's not good, but it's the kind of bad where it's like fun. I enjoyed as fuck. it, yeah. And, y- and I think that that's the best we can hope for with the sequel. And that's all I really want out of it is to just be like a dumb fun ride. And I think Woody Harrelson is keen to deliver that. Yeah. I'm looking forward to some really shit but hilarious line reads. I'm looking forward to some just like just absurd acting on Tom Hardy's part. Yeah. And so <laughs> with the um like six different accents. Yeah. Right. Just cycling through a bunch of weird shit and then I don't know, just some, some weird direction, just some weird fan service too. Like maybe we'll get like a female carnage. <laughs> Fuck it. Do whatever. I like I don't I don't care. Give give us a venom dog. I don't do whatever. And we didn't even <sighs> get to get to talk about the fucking Mario casting. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know what's going on with any of that. I never clicked on that link. I just saw Mario. And so Chris Pratt, yeah, is Mario. But why the most are obvious we choice? A Mario movie. I mean, I, I get it. It's yeah. whatever. They made a Sonic movie, and that worked right. out kind of. And is Mario? I guess gonna be like? Are they gonna have Chris Pat- Pratt like put on a ton of weight like no, Andy it's Dwyer? It's, it's CG. Or it yeah, it's animated. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I hate it even more now. I can't. No. Anybody no. can do the Mario voice. Yeah. Like, I I, I do th- w- think that they there's no reason if it is CG not to just have it be the classic Mario voice well, guy. 
here's it. I hope that How he does more he of now? like the classic Mario voice of like a more Brooklyn accent, because like the in the game, the little bit of dialogue you actually, I was watching a talk sh- <laughs> a talk cast pod show, um, <laughs> Team Four Stars pod show, and Scott was talking about this. Like in the game, it's perfectly fine. That's that's Mario. Love his voice. Love love Charles Martinet. But hearing a character talk, talk like that for an entire movie. I think it'd be great. It'd, it'd be, be so annoying and stupid. Hey, will you will you do a sentence as Mario? A uh, couple sentences? I don't even sentences? know if I can swing that. I, c- <laughs> I can barely get noises together. Uh. <laughs> Is, uh, like, Luigi and, like, Waluigi and all of, like... No. No? Oh. I'm guessing that it's like anything else. It is trying to be a franchise. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> this is going to be like early days. At some point, they need to. They. I. I hope they bring Waluigi in because I don't know why. I just love that character. But he's only there to play sports events. Right. He's only there to be the pairing for. Uh, Wario. For Wario. Yeah, he's, yeah. For t- he's literally there for tennis doubles. Yeah. It's only ever in party games, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's where he first. Yeah, I was, remember. Yeah. One of the Mario tennis games, I think, was his first one. That or Mario Golf, but uh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. What? Uh, What's sorry, that, Mario? We're just getting into the. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Woohoo! Wah-ha. <laughs> yeah. Wah-ha. Wah-ha. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. you get like a repeated yeah. like. We can't always fight the major, John. <laughs> we can't fight change. We can't fight gravity. We can't <laughs> fight nothing. All my whole life, all I ever did was fight. Just I like give up, Dutch. But I can't give up neither. <laughs> I can't fight my own nature. That's the paradox, John. You see, <laughs> when I'm gone, they'll just find another monster. They have to, because they have to justify their wages. Our You're turning sky. Yeah, this is Mario's. He's <laughs> 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 moving into the British Isles here. <laughs> that's what happens to me anytime I do an accent or like a well fucking. That's, that's the thing. It's gonna like be pre-bubescent. Mario yeah, yeah, it's Mario. isn't designed yeah, to actually to give have like yeah. It's dialogue. like Link's voice, like right. <laughs> It's just the only thing we get is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking. How would Link talk? Do you think? Uh, excuse <laughs> me, princess. <laughs> <laughs> we already know how Link talks. No, but yeah, you're right. We they could <laughs> do like what they did in that. the Super Mario Bros. Super Show, or the the fucking uh, the first movie. Right. And just have it be just like a, hey, uh, Luigi. <laughs> The live action movie. Yeah. <laughs> <If they> s- <laughs> I gotta go fight this turtle to get some pussy. <laughs> That's honestly what I thought was happening whenever he's a movie. If they steal my fucking joke. Oh, uh, which one? The singer of the uh, Mario uh, Machinima. Yeah, yeah, that we yeah. never fucking did anything with. Yeah. Um. So like the first thing is like Mario and. Luigi in the sewers, and uh, and Mario is like, "Hey, Luigi!" <coughs> and clears his throat, and then has the fucking like Martinet oh kind yeah. of voice. Yeah. 
if they do some some shit like that, it was like where he has a like Brooklyn accent, and he's like, <coughs> "Oh, excuse me." <laughs> like, oh, you bastards! Yeah. I'm sure that's on a Google Drive somewhere, so you could have gotten into it. You fucking <laughs> thought stealing motherfuckers. I am worried about it being Illumination because they suck. But Are they the ones that did like uh, the Despicable the Me? Oh, okay. Yep. Oh, they're to blame for Minions. How do people not get fucking offended by just the existence of Minions? <laughs> they're an insult to their audience. They're the just like, this is you. You're a voiceless little fucking worm that's only the there to serve a function of some higher being. The mom Facebook memes with all the Minions and yeah. like quotes I've never and shit seen, on them. I only know those things as in the mimetic Oh, let me go to my ex-stepmom's Facebook page. Boomer mimetic language. I have no idea what the fuck minions are. They're just, they're slaves. They're Oompa Loompas. Got you. Yeah. And they're so happy to be Oompa Loompas that whenever they can't be Oompa Loompas anymore, they go and find someone else to be. Yeah. Have you seen uh, Big Joel's video taking down uh, Matt Pat? (laughs) Yeah. God, his takes. Dude, YouTube criticism is so funny sometimes because it's just the most baseline fucking yeah, superficial understanding of something, and then you just get very emotionally invested in that. Right. So if you look at it from a critical lens, it's just stupid as fuck. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I guess it's kind of like one of the issues with the formula is that if you're, sp- you're going to talk passionately all the time, then <laughs> eventually you're going to have bad takes and you're just going to completely double down on them because y- you're not allowed to be ambivalent. It's like it's like a funhouse mirror of the uh 24-hour cable news yeah, problem. Yeah. Like not every day like it makes sense only in the context of I forget who said this, but like it only makes sense in the context of 9/11. You know, and like the immediate aftermath of something like that that actually warrants that kind of attention to reality. But most days don't have that fucking many things going right. on in them to warrant the whole nation talking. So it, yeah. it it devolves in 20 years from being about like you know, some huge traumatic event to uh, a fucking a, a tweet that somebody sent out is like right. what we're spending 30 minutes on because we have to fill the space and it's the same thing with like I being an essayist on a schedule, which I need to fucking write, god damn it. Um, but and having to always have something that you're fucking like passionate about. Yeah. That's why I like it when like H bomb takes his time. Yeah. Because every time he releases a video, you know it's gonna be like hella good. Yeah. Really well edited, fucking honest about all of its shit. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll catch up on all those things next week, and um, you guys have a couch, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, pick out spooky things, and um, some night this week, I assume you'll probably have to work a lot this week. Um, I work for the next six days. Next six days. Well, I don't. I'm off. Sunday, Monday, and then I will work until Monday, and then I will work again until Sunday. Okay. Mm. Uh, 
I think I'm just going to call in some of those days. Well, if you if you do and you want to um and if not then I assume that outside of musical commitments and uh lessons and stuff you'll be you'll yeah. be home. Yeah. Y- you're available. Uh pick some spooky things for us to uh couch lock. All right. I don't know if we have any spooky decorations. Do we, we have a dollar tree and get some shit? Yeah. No, we don't have any spooky decorations. Mm. We should put up those fairy lights though. Oh yeah, that might work. I wanna hit up I wanna hit Rickster and uh talk to Aaron and see if they'd be down to do a the weekend before Halloween or something, do an actual like live stream pod. Do a a Halloween special. Um what would be a f- and be thinking about what would be a fun like um, theme, like the first time I guess the only time we've done a Halloween special we did like who would win in a in a fight, but you know things different things we can be like talking about spooky wise. We can all just go into like what scared us the most whenever. I was thinking the yeah. same fucking thing. I didn't want to like. Tent the conversation. I wanted to have like genuinely what you wanted to do, but I was saying the same thing. Like, what scared you as a kid? Because yeah. it wasn't sc- scary movies have never scared me. You I know, mean, it's not as an adult, but no, yeah. even as even as a as a kid, it would be things. Oh, like they got to me. Um, is and it's been so long since I watched it because it scared the fuck out of me as a kid. But it's um, fucking who's. Who's the Rasputin in uh in Anastasia? Oh yeah. my god, yeah. Yeah. He's wild. Fucking terrified me as as a kid. Fucking Russians, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um we'll we'll talk some some spooky stuff and uh hopefully make some spooky stuff for you guys. I'm working on uh S A uh like we talked about last week. Um actually got a couple in the can I need to fucking finish up. Um, but yeah, have a good week. We will see you, uh, never because this is not a video format. Bye.